Hello, sports fans. This is Sellout Sports. I am Tori Rich, joined by Mike Mawson. And we have a lot to talk about tonight. A lot, uh, a news heavy night. Things that are some topics that are near and dear to our heart, I would say. Um, we have some Patrick Mahomes controversy. As much as uh, everyone thinks that I'm just a Patrick Mahomes hater, I think I've been better lately, but uh, that's about to end. And uh, it was a good run. <clears throat> it was, yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I, I think I grow. I grew as a person. I think you witnessed it. I think Pe- you people I, remember those four weeks. In I the think history of sellouts. <laughs> I, I think you witnessed it. I think you fostered it. And yeah, I think you know, like, like you know, we should play the montage now. Like, just like I will remember you in know. the arms. <laughs> of- <laughs> but but now it's over, and now we go to um, you know Master of Puppets, Metallica. Or, you know, it's it the anger's back. Um, but we uh, we got to talk Heisman. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of big losses for you know for contending teams in the NFL this week, and um, so we thought we were going to do some power rankings, but it doesn't look like that's really in the cards because it's all, like I don't know if you say all chalk based on the based on the NFL standings right now. Like, is that I don't know if that's the appropriate term, but anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. Hit the music. So, our friend Mike Mawson, Heisman voter, has kindly ceded the opening remarks to me because I think he just knew that I had to get this off my chest. You'd be popping I, a blood I, vessel if. Uh, yeah, like I, yeah, I'm that meme. Um, like, like, there's no way that I could get through the show, like any segment of the show, without without flipping out about this, right? So prepare yourselves, everybody. The volume's about to go up for a second, I think. Let me start with the mitigating factors, okay? Because good journalism includes a rebuttal. So let's be fair here. I don't care about Patrick Mahomes freaking out on the sideline. Um, I think everybody everybody in the sports world knows what I'm talking about by now. So the Katarius Tony play, Mahomes losing his mind over it, smashing his helmet on the sideline. I don't think it's a great look, but I get it. In the moment, you're upset. I, like I've punched lockers. I've, 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 you know, injured my hand. I, I have, you know, in, in moments that I'm not proud of. So I, I can, I can understand this is what I'm saying. And so I don't uh, exonerate him for, for that or for losing his cool right in that moment, but I get it. It's not that big of a deal. It happens. Can I, can I pose one question to you before we get going? Yeah, please, please. Do you remember Amari Stoudemire punching a, a fire um, extinguisher and like slicing his hand up. Oh, it was during no, the playoff series. And there, I wish we were podcasting. I wish <laughs> was, for that. Yeah. And there are a million stories like that of guys injuring themselves in stupid ways, either out of anger or excitement. Mark, you remember Martin Gramatica like jumping no. up? Oh yeah, field goal kicker for the butt. He was good too at the time, but he had this goofy celebration where he did like a big hop in the air. I, I'll find it for you. Um, old football fans definitely remember Martin Gramatica, though. 
Um, I think he was their kicker for their first Super Bowl win, like the Gruden, the mm. Gruden days. Um, but he he had this stupid hop and he freaking twisted his knee. And I, if I remember correctly, he was never the same after oh, that shit. either. So poor um, guy, yeah, horrible. Like, but but it was a goofy celebration. Anyway, total sidebar, right? Um, but my point being, I get it. You're upset, okay? Also, it's I don't think it's professional athletes' job to be a role model. Great, it's a bonus if you are. If you go out of your way to be a dirtbag, like, okay, I have a problem with you. But that being said, you're a competitor. You're a professional athlete. It's great if you set a good example. But at the same time. Whose fucking job is it to make sure that the kids uh, learn that, you know, proper behavior coaches and parents. Okay. Not Patrick Mahomes. So shut the fuck up about that. I really don't care what youth football players saw Patrick Mahomes do there. Okay. That being said, this is where he starts to lose me. He goes for the mid, uh, the midfield handshake with Josh Allen, his counterpart, you know, the, they have a great rivalry and everything like that. And Mahomes comes to midfield and he says like, like worst call I've ever seen, craziest call, whatever the fuck he said. Dude, like th- th- I think this hits me even harder as a wrestler because in wrestling, you fit is the second you finish the match, it win or lose, you come right back to the center of the mat and you shake hands, no matter how pissed off you are. And I mean that's just how it is. And it's literally seconds after you lost the match, and you have to come back and you have to shake hands, and you, so like there's just a certain element of sportsmanship there. And I just thought that was really shitty. Like Josh Allen just won. I mean, and Josh Allen played a hell of a game and he beat the chiefs. Yeah. And like that say. doesn't happen very often for Josh Allen. So yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. And, uh, obviously the mic caught, caught it as well. Um, usually don't hear a lot of like the mic picking up the, the post game handshakes. So. And there's a certain element of that, right? Where like, like we, We've been very critical of the refs, but we have a million angles and we can slow it down and we can zoom in and all that. So, like, is is this part of where we've, like, been tougher on the refs? You know, it's kind of like just the media in general, right? It's like president, you know, politicians and stuff. Like, we we scrutinize the shit out of them now, rightfully so. But, like, JFK was getting away with shit left and right. I mean, all of them were. You know what I mean? They were Mm -hmm. all getting away with shit. Because the media just wasn't away, allowed to look into things the way that they are now. They didn't have the access. They didn't have the... Sure, you, yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, obviously, as a member of the media, I'm all for it. I'm for the truth. So if, if your behavior is above reproach, then you're good. But there's a certain element. Like, is Patrick Mahomes a bigger piece of shit than, you know, probably, you know, Dan Marino? Probably not. I'm sure Dan Marino said some yeah. shit. You know, I'm just I'm just throwing out a random name. I don't know if Dan Marino was shitty. Yeah, he's, he's on our mind. We, we just saw him on the <laughs> yeah, sidelines exactly. of the Dolphins yeah, game. Exactly. So uh, just to be clear, I wasn't I wasn't saying Marino's um, on that list or anything. Okay. So this so all of that being said, that was that was only a few minutes later. I definitely don't excuse that behavior. You know, you shake your opponent's hand and you just like, even, even if you just don't say a word, you know what I mean? But just go shake his hand, get off the field and then go punch the locker. You know what I mean? Whatever stupid thing you're going to do to get it out of your system. However, I don't know exactly how much time it takes for him to get off the field and into the post game presser, but it's got to be at least a half hour, right? I would say it's at least a half hour because he's out of pads, changing. He showered, like yeah. I'm sure he's the first person they wanted to talk to. So let's let's give him the benefit of the doubt. It's maybe 20 minutes. You know, that, I mean, that's best case scenario, I'd say. And this is where Mahomes really loses me. <laughs> and again, I 
I tried it, but like when I I'm scrolling through Twitter, like just like you know, like you know, all all the stuff that happened today, and I see it's just a written quote of what he said. And I'm like, no, no way, this isn't real. Like somebody somebody made this up. That's how that's how taken aback by what Mahomes said I was. I mean, my my jaw literally dropped. I was like, no way. It was surreal to read this from Patrick Mahomes. Then I found the video clip, and there was still like a seed of doubt in my mind that this was a this was a deep fake, like like they were yeah, doing with Zelensky in Ukraine. Like, there's a lot of you deep know, fakes. So yeah, I mean, yeah. So I started to have your cautious flag up. Yeah, exactly. So like, even after the video, I'm like, maybe right. Like that would be some that would be some serious skill to work that up in just a few minutes. But I was just like, there's no way. There's no way Patrick Mahomes would be the person to deliver this message, right? <laughs> I, I just can't believe it. And the crazy thing is, is he's right. Patrick Mahomes is right. These games should not be getting decided by the referees. He he is 100% correct. He is the absolute last person that should be delivering that message. I can't think of a worse person to be making that statement in a post-game presser. Can you? Probably not, no. Right? Yeah. Here's the, okay, so like, I, I gotta go through, so like, for me, can't, I don't even know what the comp is, right? For, it, it's like, it's like the prom queen 10 years later getting bullied on social media and, you know, and like, why are you being so mean to be? It's like, okay, well, you, it's because you were a bitch in high school. So like, listen, like, are you right? Should they be bullying you, you your 28-year-old self on social media? No, have but you, you were a bitch, so you're the wrong person to deliver that message. Have you been watching uh, Lifetime or Hallmark Christmas movies um, by any chance? No, but Mean Girls is a great film, and it pisses me off that those are uh, that they're doing the Walmart commercials now. Mostly because it's Walmart. If it was a good product, but Walmart's not a good product. Fuck you, Walmart. Anyway, can we stamp that one? I shop there. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, cause like, cause like what else do we have for grocery stores here? Not mom and pop. So like, I don't like whatever. I'm not going to pay an extra dollar for my fucking granola bars. Fuck you. But another sponsor down the drain. So yeah. yeah no, no, nah, I fuck, fuck Walmart. I mean, whatever I'll take the, you know, we'll take their money and you know, we'll just delete these podcasts later. But, um, <laughs> look, that's besides the point right now, but yeah, he's the wrong person to deliver the message. It's like, it's like Bill Belichick saying, like, hey, you should loosen up and enjoy life a little bit more. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you know, like, you know, take the day off. Like, that's, that's you know what I mean? Bill, like, Bill was loosened, loosened up on Saturday, though. Got to give it a, to him. Yeah, he seemed like, that's true. He seemed like he had some fun, right? Brought his 1962 uh, Navy helmet. That was pretty cool. <laughs> on Saturday, honestly, he, I think the, he was kind of loosened up even before that. It was like he was excited for the Navy game. Because yeah. the because the Steelers in the in the Steelers game, right? Like he was actually having fun with his players a little bit. I don't know, whatever. Um, that's not. I don't think that's a good comp because like it worked for Belichick to never loosen up, right? Right, <laughs> so, right. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't. You, you know what? It's like uh, it's like a politic. It's like uh, it's like Trump or Biden, like like complaining that other politicians are shitting all over the Constitution. <laughs> like like you're right. But you're not the person to deliver that message. Shut up. Like, you don't get to say that because you shit all over the Constitution. Um, I don't know. Like, it's like LeBron getting getting called for a foul and the other player flopped. Right? It's like, dude, dude no. You, like, you Stop this guy from flopping. You, yeah, you don't get to say that unless you're going to unless you're going to stop flopping. Right? Um, it's like it's like a man 
being in uh you know in a in a female dominated industry and 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 being pissed off that there's no advancement opportunities or 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 opportunities to create further wealth for themselves so you know whatever you know being yeah, a hairdresser yeah, yeah. or you know hairdresser stripper you know like um and again i don't have any there's, i hold no ill will for strippers or whatever I or guess. hairdressers for that matter. well definitely not hairdressers i mean um i'm a little annoyed with supercuts system where they where i have to call that morning to get a an appointment but i'm you know i'm probably done with that whatever but that's but that's but that's not a you know, a beef with females or anything like that. So I just want to be clear about that. But that, that's what it feels like to me. It feels like a male complaining about being in a female dominated industry. And it's like, okay, you're right. You should be able to shoot up the ranks in nannying or nursing. Right. But guess what? You're, you're a man. You don't really get to make that complaint to women. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, I don't know, man. It's like, uh, it's like the dad, you know, Complaining that he's tired after after the mom just gave birth, right? <laughs> yes, there we go. I think that's a yeah, because he's right. You know, like he has a right to be tired, but like you don't get to say that right now. Say it not the time, bud. It's not the time. So this was not the time for Patrick Mahomes to say this, and I kind of have to go. I, like, I mean, it, like it's just ironic, right? I mean, like, like I'm always afraid to use that word. Because I'm, and, and it's terrible, I'm the editor of a freaking newspaper, and I'm always afraid to use the word irony because I'm afraid an English teacher is going to pop up out of nowhere and be like, no, nah, actually, that's, that's a coincidence. Or, so, you know, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or, or actually, that's just terrible. You know, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. But no, like, this is ironic. Patrick Mahomes complaining that the officials affected the outcome of a game, that's ironic. That's irony. You know what I mean? And if sellout sports has taught us anything, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. So um I I hate I kinda hate to do this to him. Like this might be a little bit unfair, but I have to go through this like, you know, some of the things that he said, you know, the words the the phrases that he said. It's tough to swallow for football in general. How many times have we seen like like Things that like so like he he's 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 pulling like the the whole um, institution of football in. He's saying it's bad for football for these games to be decided by the officials. How many times have we seen that? He made a comment that Tony was barely offsides. Are you fucking kidding me, Mahomes? Are you kidding me right now? Bradbury barely fucking held Juju Smith-Schuster. Okay. Joseph aside, barely fucking touched you on the sideline. But guess what? You won the AFC fucking championship game, and you won the fucking Super Bowl. So don't fucking talk to me about barely. Your wide receiver fucked up. He broke the fucking rule. Take away the greatness of the play that Travis... It was a great play by Travis Kelsey, and you know what? Like, I said it in that moment. I was like, it would have been cool if that stood. It would have been like... It would have been like absolute hell for Bills fans when you think about it, because it's like it would have been like the ghost of Frank Wycheck, which rest in peace. He passed away over the weekend, I think. Mm. And it was, it was like, is this really a freaking great tight end is going to do this again to the Bills? Like, I didn't, I didn't even think of that until I, somebody on social media commented that uh, hours later. And I was like, holy crap, dude, you're right. I didn't that, that didn't even occur to me. Um, yeah, I didn't even think of that until you just said it right now. Yeah, it was like it, it would have. It was like the Music City Miracle. Like, um, you know, 
so it didn't take away from the greatness of the play. You we know, need, we like, need more plays like that too. By the way, we need like backwards laterals. I mean, like, it's, it's they one, work. They work. It's one of those things where, like, I mean, if it doesn't work, he's an idiot, right? But like, but but it was a great throw. You know what I mean? It, it, and it and it worked. So I mean, the Chiefs did it in the Super Bowl too, right? Was it was it the Super Bowl last year? Or was it it might have been the I feel like I remember that but I it, it was only like an 8 yard gain it was like a it, it it wasn't substantial but I I think there was a pitch back maybe to Tony and he got a few extra yards Huh um yeah it's, it's weird that I don't remember it. I don't know maybe I, maybe I wiped some of it from my memory I don't know I mean I remember a lot of plays from that game but not that um you but you might be totally right uh, just going through a few more statements that Mahomes made during this, you know, like about a minute and a half presser. As fans, you want to see the guys on the field decide the game. Um, hang on. Uh, oh, yeah. When they asked, like, what made you boil over? It's the call, man. Just in that moment. Now, I've gotten crucified by people for saying that, for saying, for saying you don't make that call in that moment. Right. It's like, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm not like I, I've gone on record to say I'm not like a huge fan of that call that moment type of mentality right and, and again this isn't this isn't just Bradbury you know what I mean like I grew yeah, up no, an Eagles I, fan sure but like I just because I grew up an Eagles fan like I don't really care that much anymore like Jake and I were just talking about this last time I was like I, I actually really like the Cowboys defense you know what I mean as an Eagles fan that's like that's absolute sacrilege right but I'm just a fan of the game now you know what I mean and Last year, I was a fan of what the Eagles were. We'll, we'll get to why I'm not as big a fan of them uh, lately. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, like just in that moment, man, and you wait till a minute left to make a call like that? Like, like, dude, do you hear yourself? You won a Super Bowl. And, again, I don't think the Eagles should have won the game because Miles Sanders fumbled too, and I don't understand why they didn't call that a fumble. And that was returned for a touchdown as well. So the Eagles didn't deserve to win the game. I'm just saying the game was decided basically over because of a holding call under two minutes to go, gives them a first down at what the inside the Eagles 20, I believe, right? For yeah, all yeah. intents and purposes, ends the game. Puts them in field goal range, ends the game. So like, do you fucking hear yourself? So do you really only care if they fuck over quarterbacks or if they fuck over offensive players? Or do you or do you actually care about the integrity of the game, Pat? Like that's what I want to know. Or do you only care about the integrity of the game if it fucks over the Chiefs? And at the, and again, at the end of the day, like what do you say? That it's not what we want for football. You know, <laughs> every week we're talking about something. Last week I didn't say anything about the no flag on Marquez. Like, dude, are you like it's literally like right in that fucking moment, like like two plays before you got a bullshit flag on the sideline that everybody, everybody with a fucking brain in the football world knows shouldn't have been a flag. Like we have some morons on social media that say that that should have been a flag. Like, oh, we knew he was going out of bounds. Like, dude, you don't fucking, you obviously don't watch the games or you're a troll. Okay. So fuck off. Get off my page. I don't need you. Okay. It was literally two plays before. And then not only that, so that the clock shouldn't have stopped on that, but it stops on a penalty and gives them a free 15 because everyone's like, oh, the pass interference is worse. No, it's not because the clock should have kept running because Mahomes got fucking whacked and he got driven backwards. The clock, the clock shouldn't have stopped on that. It probably would have because the refs fucking were terrible at the end of that game. 
And then, and then the Marquez Val, uh, the Valdez Scantling play on the sideline where he got dragged backwards out of bounds, and they and they and they stopped the clock on that one too with like 19 seconds left. They would have had to they would have had to run up and maybe had one more play. I do get what he's saying with that quote though, because he's like, you know, I didn't say anything last week, but I'm just not going to allow this to continue happening. Obviously, he feels slighted by that that call. You know, he feels strongly about the calls he's being slighted against, or he feels that. It, he has no leg to stand on, dude. What are you talking about? If he 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 got a personal, he got a fifteen yard penalty and a clock stoppage. Yeah, well, it was two plays before that the 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 no pi call. No, I'm not I, saying I'm not saying that there shouldn't have been a or that they're that they got the call right there. Of course they should have called pi. It was I mean it was egregious. It was a horrible pass interference penalty that they just let slide. But it was an egregious call to call it, it, it like literally after the play was over. The play wasn't fucking over. There's no fucking way. So Patrick Mahomes does not get to say this. He has been the number one beneficiary of late game calls. And, and again, I'm not I'm not taking away from his greatness. He is I, I mean, we you know, lately we can kind of debate is he the, you know, is he the best quarterback in the league right now? I don't know. Okay? I'm not taking away from his accomplishments. He's been very good. But he has benefited from a lot of calls, and for him to say that is fucking wild to me. And so, no, I do not care that he thinks he that they've been slighted. And quite frankly, you need to hold your fucking wide receiver accountable. Okay, like, I, like I quite like. Obviously, you don't do it. You don't air him out in the media. I get it. But I question. I just like I just question with his personality. Does he actually hold Kadarius Tony accountable in practice? I don't know. Because yeah, here's no, the thing. I do agree with you there. I mean, um, there's no excuse for that. He was a full half yard offsides. Like he was over the ball. Uh, either you're checking to see with the ref, and which which they claimed he did. Um, well, there's actually a video of that, and he points to the ref, but you don't really see the ref give any like definitive signal that yeah you're good yeah and he, then not only that but but then tony moves forward after pointing to him so he just did like the going through the motions thing right and the rap like, was like nah it's, it's just like this is part of you know my routine i'm just good like yeah you know you're supposed to check with the ref every play right if you're on or you're off and yeah it becomes like routine and you're you're not actually cognitively thinking of oh like am i on the line am i off the line am i you know on sides am i off you know so it seemed like it was kind of one of those situations, but you have to be aware. Like you're lined up, you're you're looking over here. Like you can still see the ball, and like if the ball is behind your peripheral, like you're you're in trouble if you're on the line. You know, like you're, I I saw a photo and it was very clear that he was very much offside. Yeah, you know no, I mean? we've we've all. I mean, I think anybody listening or that cares enough about this, like, has seen the photos, right? Yeah, and and you know what, guys. Take an even closer look at that photo because both of their tackles are in the fucking backfield. <laughs> so like, like there there was even more reason to take this play away from them. Okay, like I'm sorry, great play by Kelsey. Okay, and you know whatever Tony caught the ball downfield, but it, like he's the one that screwed it up. But but Taylor and Smith are both in the backfield on that play too. They never call it. So quick question for you: They they blow off uh, false starts dead before before the snap why don't they that's it's a fair question right because like why why have well i mean i guess if you're lined it, up offside it benefits obviously the defense to play it out 
they could I, get a turnover. I right? mean, the, the defense isn't trained to be like, oh, there's a flag. <laughs> they're going to think it's on them. So they're not going to play a more aggressive style once they see the flag because it could very well still be on the defense, right? So they're not, it, you know, it's... That's true. There's really no for the quarterback yeah. to throw it into the end zone and maybe get a touchdown. But I don't think uh, DB is going to see a flag at the line of scrimmage and be able to diagnose the play right away. And I guess like, oh, you I can t- jump this route. Sure, sure. Yeah, you would. You if you see a flag go up at the start of the play as a defensive player, you're thinking offsides, right? Like you have to at least. Yeah. You know. You're not. I mean, you sure as hell don't know that the, that the offensive players lined up offsides. Yeah, and how many? And how many? Like, I would. I would be curious to see how many. Uh, with the tush push, there's been more because there's been that emphasis for. But offensive op, which they know, which they got wrong again um, last night in the yeah, uh, <laughs> like again, you get the whole ball as an offensive player, but um, so oh, was like, oh yeah, like the other one of those though, the flag goes up immediately as a legal motion, which they won't blow dead either and so you're yeah. like so you want like you wonder again is like the defensive players think it's offsides i mean you still got to play it out you know what i mean but like you kind of wonder like yeah they- it's weird like i understand obviously i understand blowing the play dead when there's a defensive edge rusher just coming straight for your quarterback right i, I get that but why not blow i, I don't know doesn't um, make sense to me well i mean i guess it, you could say it's a safety thing because then some guys are playing and some aren't on a false start, that yeah, is, yeah right? no, I got gotcha. you. Um, so I guess I sort of understand why it's only false start, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting like what's going through your mind as a defensive player when you see that flag go up, right? Like, and then turns out to be offsides on the offense, which you never hear called. And and here's the thing, right? As a high school coach, would I be pissed if you if you called offsides on my player without a warning in high school? Sure. At the professional level, like like I feel like the receiver. And he's not even that far from the line. That's the other weird. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not like he's outside. And like, and honestly, would it even get called if he was further outside? Probably not, right? But it's but it is an advantage. Just like just like Jawan Taylor lining up in the backfield is a, is an advantage. You know what I mean? Like, the, it, it is an advantage. It, like in a game of inches, it makes a difference. It it, it can affect you know where where you're going to make that cut on your route and everything like that. And I mean, these are these are finely tuned athletes that are like, you know, they they have trained themselves to react to a certain, they have a certain amount of time before that guy gets on them, right? So, yeah, okay, it was a six inches, it was it was it was twelve inches, what you know that he was offsides, right? Well, yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think you're making the point that it affected the result of the play, like that specific play, but you're just, you're saying, in no, general. but if you let this stuff slide all yeah, the time, no, I, got like you. It can, I got you. It can affect the play for sure. So again, just to reiterate, to sum up, you know, the, his immediate reaction, not desirable, not great, not a great look. Okay. It, it gets progressively worse because he had a couple of minutes to calm down. He was a dick to Josh Allen. And then, and then absolutely inexcusable to me, is the post-game presser. Like, plenty of time to get your shit together, plenty of time to collect your thoughts, and just, like, I just don't, my mind is blown by the lack of self-awareness. Like, is he that out of touch? Does he really not understand that he's benefited from some controversial calls? Like, and I'm not just talking about the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl. Like, we're talking about, like, his team benefited from a no-PI call against the Vikings this year on, on a fourth and twelve. I mean, an egregious pass interference on Snead, right? The, I mean, we've seen plenty. We've seen plenty of these. So, 
again, it's not to take away from it, from his accomplishments. Okay. And like the other thing about it, like I said, I think it's funny. Also, it looked like Von Miller jumped a couple of plays later and it didn't get called. Like, I don't know how the side judges missed this stuff. Anyway, the thing that Mahomes should have been more upset about was about a minute of game time earlier. But because he's an offensive player, like, I don't know. wonder if he even saw it. I don't know. Illegal contact penalty with just over two minutes to play. Josh Allen gets sacked at the 31 on a third and 10. So it's going to be a long field goal to put them up. And it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be before the two-minute warning, right? And we get an illegal contact. Trent Sherfield is just pushing straight into Jalen Watson, corner, corner for the Chiefs. He's just pushing straight into him. And it's like it's like people online just think like the defensive back just ha- just has to like olay him by just has to let him go because he has his hands on him. It's like, dude, you guys like the defensive player has a right to the ground he's standing on, and Trent Sherfield is just pushing into him, pushing into him. It's like, listen, this is either offsetting penalties because it's OPI and illegal contact, or you just let him fucking play. Which I think we know which one I say, especially with two twelve left in the game. So, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it shouldn't have been a penalty on the defense. It was. He was just. Yeah, the the Sheffield was riding. He was just leaning on the on the defender, and it was. Happen- and did it even did it even look like he was running a route? You know what I mean? It looked like he was like he was just like engaging the defensive back to clear out for the guy. It would look like he was running a slant underneath. Yeah, he was kind of just clearing out and and kind of broke toward the end. I th- yeah, he did like a comeback at the end, but it like it didn't even look like. I mean, he knew the ball wasn't coming his way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's sure, that's what it looked like to me, right? Um, I just, and like again, elite, like whatever OPI or just make it a five yard penalty. Say it's illegal contact on the offense. It needs to be a thing because these receivers can't just like like he's leaning on him. Like 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 Watson didn't do himself any favors because it, like he like finally like put his arm around him, but he didn't grab him. He just like had his like. Like it was like a half-ass hug, like like a like a girl you don't know that well, and you don't want to like cross the line, right? Like, like, but he didn't impede him with that arm, so it wasn't holding. And and again, like just because contact happens past five yards doesn't mean it's illegal contact. Like people, like just morons out there, like that's the definition of illegal contact. Like, dude, there's more to the fucking definition than past five yards. If the receiver initiates the contact, no shit. It's on like it's the receiver. So just let him fucking play because the Bills kind of screwed this up, but ends up with a first and 10 with 212 to go. The next play, they tried to run it. It was a, it was a good play call, actually. It was a quick screen to Stefan Diggs. It would have kept the, you know, it was a high percentage pass, would have kept the clock running down to the two minute warning. Diggs drops it. So now they're second and 10. I say they should have run the ball on that one to get it down to the two minute warning. Whatever, it all worked out for the Bills, but I didn't think the play calling and the execution was very good in that situation, and it could have cost them, right? Yeah. Um, speaking of clock management, it's just kind of an interesting thing. Let's say, you know, let's let's do revisionist history and say Tony wasn't offsides. It's kind of interesting. It would have made it a four-point lead if Kelsey, if Kelsey just gets tackled instead of throwing the lateral, and, I, and I'm not by any means saying you shouldn't have done it. Obviously, it was a very cool play, very heads-up play. Good job, right? But it's just interesting how clock management works. I think it was like 113. Yeah, like right around 120, a little uh, less, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the Bills had all three timeouts. 
So another thing, Mahomes did say this. He's like, who knows if we win? You know, like, I'll give him that. He did say the game's not over just because of that play, right? Um, but it's interesting. If, if Kelsey gets tackled at the 20, which is about where he threw it from, it's like Chiefs probably just run out the clock, and Harrison Butker, who's one of the best kickers in the game, kicks, you know, uh, kicks a field goal. Well, actually, no, that would only that tie it, yeah. it up. Yeah, never mind. Yeah. Yeah, I guess this scenario only kind of works in a... Especially with, uh, you know, how Mahomes has looked uh, a couple bad, you know, red zone interceptions, too. So, in yeah, the, in the no, past few true. weeks. So. Um, no, and, and I'm not by any means saying that Kelsey shouldn't have done it. It's just, like, again, it was no, just another no. clock management thing, yeah, right? Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, but, yeah, I'm dumb because, yeah, like, it would have... It would have only... A field goal would have only tied the game. So, never mind. <laughs> um... I think I got it out of my system. I'm just tired of uh, Mahomes Gen Z bullshit. He's been, um, he's just been babied. I mean, think about it. He hasn't really gone through any real adversity in the NFL, and now that he's finally, now that it's finally happening. Well, uh, lucky for us, it looks like it's going to be a road playoff game for him. So, uh, tack on the first bit of adversity, I guess. And for what it's worth, I'm certainly, I'm sure as hell not counting the Chiefs out. So, nor am um, I. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, so what we should have really led with, um, uh, Michael Mawson, Heisman voter, tell us about your ballot, please. Uh, we, I mean, we all know by now that Daniels won the Heisman, but, um, tell us why, because, uh, and tell us, did you vote for Daniels for the, uh, you know, with the, with your first pick and, uh, just, just run it, run us through it and tell Yeah, know. sure thing. We're going to change the vibes a little bit. It's going to be a little bit more mellow than the, uh, the intro of this podcast. I w- that was warranted though, right? I mean, cool. yeah, I know it was. That's, that's why I seeded my time. Um, yes, Daniels, uh, second year. Um, I got to vote for the Heisman, uh, very honored to do so. Uh, you know, half of, half of this podcast is, is a Heisman voter, which is, uh, you know, a pretty cool thing to say. Um, I did vote Jane Daniels one. Um, I, my, my ballot went Jane Daniels one, Bo Nix two, Michael Penix three. If I had a fourth, it would have went to Marvin, Marvin Harrison who ended up in fourth. Uh, so I almost had it exactly as it, as it went. Uh, Penix ended up finishing in second, Bo Nix in third. Um, Daniels is just, he's the best player in the country. I mean, it's, it's, (laughs) it's not rocket science. Uh, shout out to Parker. I mean, he, he was on it early. Uh, I I doubted him. I I think you, you sort of did too, uh, when he was talking early in the year about, about Daniels, but I mean, his numbers were the best and it's, it's not all about numbers. Right. But, um, but they they were, they were, they were far and away the best, substantially better, better than, I mean, he was, he was, uh, he was equal with like Penix and, and Bo Nix as a passer, and then he also just happened to be the most efficient runner in the nation. This yeah, he year. Blew, blew them away on he, the ground. He yeah. averaged eight point four yards per carry, which is uh, one point, just over a yard more per carry than the next uh, highest average in the country. The next highest average was seven point three nine. I I forget who it might have been the Oklahoma State running or no, it's the Tennessee running back. Uh, blanket on the name right now, but uh, yeah, for for guys that got over a hundred carries he averaged a yard more than anybody else uh, while also being the best, you know, passer in the country as well. Just stuff you don't see every day. Um, man, when I was watching the ceremony, though, I, 
Dude, you hear a lot about like uh, old time kind of voters who, you know, will like once LSU lost their second game, Jaden Daniels was you could just throw him right out. And I, I was like, nah, you know, you know, there's people like me, you know, young, young voters now. Like, I'm sure that's not the case. But, dude, he was left off almost 100. So 928 people voted. Actually, only 896 voted out of 926. Seven or eight, whatever it was. So like thirty guys abstained from the vote. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was, I don't know. I thought that was kind of weird. Could be some past Heisman winners, like living Heisman winners as well. I'm not sure if any media members abstained. Uh, But yeah, dude, almost a hundred left Jaden Daniels off their ballot entirely. Like, okay, if you don't want to put him first, okay. You know, there's a case there for for Penix or or Bo Nix, but. To not have him in your top three, I just don't know what you're watching. It, like I, I really don't. And you I, told me JJ uh, McCarthy got a first place, a first place vote. J, right? There was 18 people, 18 different players got a first place vote. I believe is what the Heisman put out. It's just like, and it's what like are with we a, doing? So with a, a McCarthy or a quorum vote, it's like, uh, you, I, I guess mean, you okay, can so, sort of see where they're coming. So, like, so quorum, quorum though, like l- let me give quorum his flowers. Like, he had 22 touchdowns, I think, this year. Like he's he's not the bell cow, like. If he if he had more yards like he did last year, um, to go with those touchdowns, he's a you know he's a finalist. Yeah, especially with how Michigan played. Like, don't get me wrong, like winning plays a part, but it's not the whole thing. Like, and that's like Jaden Daniels and his three losses. Like I talked about it earlier, the the loss to Florida State week one is his worst game of the year. And if you want a worst game of the year, you want it week one first off. But he still accounted for four hundred yards. You know. Like it, it wasn't a bad game, and then just from there he just got better and better. And it's it's not his fault that you look at the loss to Ole Miss, SEC defense, ranked team. You tell me you're going to put up 49 points against an SEC defense, against a ranked SEC defense. I'm saying you win that game 99 out of 100 times. Yeah. And it just so happens that LSU's defense is that bad and they gave up 55. That's no, that's, yeah. I mean, that that's not an SEC score. That's a Big 12 score. I mean, 27 like, to 35, 414 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, 15 carries, 99 yards, an extra touchdown. Over 500 yards of total offense, five touchdowns. I think he, I think he did fumble once. So one turnover. That's more than enough. That's, that's, a, right. that's the best game of 90. 9.3 percent of all players in the nation this yeah. year. Yeah, I and mean, what's what's the QBR like? I, just he, he led, just, so that's another thing. Thank you. So he led. Then he had a QBR of 208, which is the highest QBR of any Heisman winner. It, or is that, uh, well, quarterback rating and QBR are two different things, though, right? So, so college does quarterback rating different than the NFL because the highest you can do in. Oh right, right, yeah. So yeah, QBR of 95.7. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, Q quarterback rating of two, which which basically means he played well enough to win ninety five point seven out of a hundred games. I think isn't that like what yeah, the measure yeah. actually means? And I mean, yeah. So so that's the that's the second loss. And then we go to Alabama. Um, statistically, probably his worst game of the year: fifteen to twenty four, two hundred nineteen yards, two touchdowns, an interception, but one hundred sixty three on the ground on eleven carries and a touchdown. And that's without playing most of the fourth quarter. I was just going to say, he because he was, out of that game, he was right? concussed. So they lose to Alabama. Okay, I mean, that's a playoff team. They just you know defeated the number one team in the nation. I, I don't know how 
you just I don't know how you leave Jane Daniels off your ballot entirely. And then after that, so he doesn't have a Heisman moment. That's that's what I've been hearing about. That's that's the other critique I'm hearing. You want to talk about a Heisman moment? The game after against Florida, he's coming off a concussion and he just does something that nobody's ever done before. He throws for over 350 and he rushes for over 200 yards, over 500. So he against another SEC SEC team, 52 points. 17 to 26, 372, 372 yards in the air, three touchdowns. 12 carries, 234 yards, two more touchdowns. Yes, was Florida not great this year? 100%. No, they weren't. But that's still an SEC. That's not Georgia State. Like, and that that's right. that's the other thing that people are shitting about, right? right. Yeah, like I, I said on this podcast, I don't care about Jaden Daniels' eight touchdowns against Georgia State. Like that's not what won him the Heisman in my in my eyes whatsoever. It's not like he was stat padding all year. He had to play SEC teams. Like he he had to play the SEC. Was the SEC down a little bit this year? Yes, but he was I don't know. He, he 500 503 first place votes. I don't know how we got that few. I really I really so, don't. So I I think I think you know by now you and I both agree with this, but I want you to respond to this. This is a uh this is a post I saw on Twitter from a um, you know, from a college football content creator, uh, Blue Blood's bias. And so it says, is Jaden Daniels the least impressive Heisman winner of all time? No hate intended. You have to be an elite player to even be in the conversation for the trophy. It's just that he's the least elite winner we've had yet. Um, as the leader of LSU, the Tigers were never in the conversation for the national championship all season long. In the big games versus ranked opponents, LSU was a paltry one and three. They haven't been in the top 10 for months. We never had a Heisman moment, so you mentioned that, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I don't think that's accurate. So um, it's it's tough to pick, like, and they, and it's see, tough and I to feel compare. Like they, I feel like they cherry-picked this, too, you know, because then they said, what are we supposed to remember from Jaden that time he threw for 400 on Georgia State in November? Right, what, like he, you know, the... And he says he says it makes it devalued. And so, like, here's the thing. You and I, we, we, we looked at it, and, and as far as, like, top Heisman or, the, you know, if you were going to rank all the Heisman winners, who was the most dominant? Is Jaden Daniels maybe on the bottom half? Sure. Like, whatever. But also... If you put him on Georgia, what does he do? If you put him on Alabama, what does he do? So, like, you and I, you know, if I you weigh... put him on Oregon, what does he do? If you, sure, if, sure. You know? Yeah. And, I, you know, I weigh winning a little more heavily, but I, 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 you said it, right? Like you said winning factors into it, but it's not, it can't be everything, right? Like, like It just makes me sick that people will literally just throw him out because his defense is that bad. Yeah. Like, that... We were talking about analogies earlier. It's just like you're doing everything great in your job, right? In your in your office job, and you have to take a pay cut because you know uh, you're in sales and the marketing department isn't you know doing isn't living up to par. It's like no, I shouldn't have to take a pay cut. Like why should why should Jaden Daniels be punished for something he has no control over? And you know Parker and I brought this up uh, when when you were sick. In that episode, but it, it's like I, I don't understand that. If he was, if he was a two-way player, right? If and he was playing quarterback and he was playing corner, let's say, and the defense was that bad, that's a different argument because he actually has an impact on that side of the ball. He has no impact on defense. He doesn't play defense. 
he he put up he made LSU one of the most efficient offenses in the nation this year. He put up insane numbers and he put his team in a position to win every game. Yeah, the uh I was just trying to look it up. So like, you know, LSU's turnover differential wasn't that bad. I was just trying to see like other, you know, other things that could have uh so potentially hurt them, but you know, so but things this, that aren't necessarily his fault, you know. Yeah, like, to this blue bloods. I'm I'm curious if he's uh if that's mostly a um like a college basketball. Uh, it, it seems like a more of a just the handle. Uh, no, yeah. it, it says uh, it says college football content creator. Though. Okay, cool, fair enough. Um, um, but to to answer his his question, I mean, everyone raves at Lamar Jackson's 2016 season, which I think is deserved. I think you know. And, what and did, where did they finish ranked? I'll keep talking. I'll find that. Um, I mean, I, I thought they were like twentieth, right? Like, well, yeah, they finished with three losses. Same, same exact thing. They so they beat that. So it's kind of funny how this works out. They uh, clobbered a ranked Florida State team early in the year, uh, sixty-three to twenty, I believe. Uh, I think yeah, Florida State was eight at that point, um, and uh, this this blue bloods talks about one and three versus you know uh, ranked opponents. Uh, Louisville was one and one that year, so Lamar just didn't play as many ranked opponents. Who knows if he wins or not? The loss came uh, in in Lamar's Heisman moment, uh, which was him and him and Deshaun Watson just going back and forth. Clemson ranked number one at the time, just all time all time college football game. I got to rewatch it. It was so fun. Um, which which is a great comp, really, because Deshaun Watson was surrounded with far more elite talent than Lamar was. So right, like you were about as you were about to say, Lamar lost the game, but. He was he was incredible. Like, yeah, yeah, no, a hundred percent. But like, let's just let's boil it down to the numbers between Lamar and Jaden because so the losses are the same, kind of the path to the season was the same, and we we've heard the narrative for Lamar, right? Like, just insane, crazy season, and now we're starting to get kind of uh, some people are are maybe diminishing Jaden's accomplishment a little bit. Uh, not saying Blue Bloods doing this, but just. I've heard it. So, so Lamar, 4,928 total yards. Jaden, 4,946. So, a little, basically the same. Dead on, yeah. Lamar, 51 touchdowns, total touchdowns. Jaden, 50. So, Lamar was the better rusher. 400 more rushing yards in the regular season, which obviously makes Jaden the better passer, yards-wise, but also efficiency-wise, which I don't think comes as a surprise. 72.2 completion percentage versus Lamar's 56.2. That's a big difference. I mentioned it. Each team had one win against ranked opponents. Uh, yeah, Louisville clobbered Florida State. And then LSU obviously beat a top 10 Mizzou team at the time, 49 to 39. Still, LSU's defense gave, gives up 39. And Jaden still finds a way to win by double digits. Um yeah, and then we just talked about it. You know, Lamar's Heisman moment coming against Clemson and and Jaden's in that insane game against Florida. I, I they're they're two of the same seasons to me. I I really don't see much of a difference. Jaden lost two more games against ranked opponents, but Jaden played two more games against ranked opponents. Yep. Again, we don't know obviously what would happen, uh, but I mean Louisville lost three games, so they lost to unranked opponents. So you you could make a case that that might favor Jaden just just a bit. Um, and, to so answer, I, and to answer the question, so the uh, 
the, the Louisville finished uh, number 20 in the coaches poll, number 21 in the AP poll. And then to bring things full circle, do you know who Louisville lost to in the Citrus Bowl in 2016? LSU. No way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, it, so it all it all it all ties n- together nicely. Um, Time is a flat circle, huh? It, I guess so. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's just uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was really going back and forth between Bo Nixon and Michael Penix two three. Um, yeah, I did want to ask you about that. I mean, Penix beat him twice, so that's know, a that's I a know. tough one for me. Um, yeah, I I do understand that, and um, it's just it, it boils down to consistency for me. I, I looked a little bit closer at the numbers. I didn't think like watching those games. I didn't think Penix was uh, drastically better than Bo Nix in those in those two matchups between them. I thought it was pretty even, um, and then I just looked at it. It's just like. Penix had that a little bit of a fall. He had a little bit of a rough stretch. Um, yeah, yeah, they're undefeated. I understand that. And they beat Oregon twice. But just his defense won him the game against Arizona State. Uh, Penix really didn't play well. He had two turnovers, no touchdowns. Um, yeah. And he played he played bad against Corvallis, which is the game that um, I'll excuse because of weather, right? But to put up a few bad games in, in a three or four game stretch. It, it's about consistency for me. And, and Bo Nix was just kind of at that, just a little bit higher of a level in, in more games yeah. in, in my eyes. Uh, I mean, we're, we're uh, at that point. We're You're picking of, that we're, yeah, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're splitting hairs a little bit there. Um, you know, I think I would have gone Penix over Nix, um, but you have the Heisman vote and I don't. <laughs> so, um, no, I, uh, I, I to me the two head to head wins, you know I I, I don't want to overvalue stats too much. However, yeah, no, you, do, you make a strong argument with consistency though, um, because I think that we're starting again even at the NFL level. I think we're starting to see like there's guys all over the place that have flashes. Like everybody likes to use exactly. that word flashes, yeah, no. right? And and that's not Penix wasn't like his season wasn't flashes. No, he was no, 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 consistent. of course not. But, but we're saying like, yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah. but consistency sure is important. Um, I think, I think for me, yeah, I mean, this is, this is a, a coin flip, but uh, I think I would have gone panics just on the back of those two head to head wins. Cause like, cause the talent disparity between those two teams wasn't anything yeah, to no, speak I, of. I like, agree. And I'm just going to go out and say it. If, if uh, Marvin Harrison had, I think a decent quarterback, he would be in my top three. It's just, he, I, he, in my eyes, he elevated McCord all season long, and um, had a fantastic season. Deserved to be in New York. I'm glad he made it as the top four. Uh, I think if, <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll get to him a little later. But if he were to come back, I think he's he's making another trip to uh, to New York City for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm okay with uh, making that jump to Marvin Harrison right now, actually. So. This is a weird one for me. Um, there was, you know, there were some reports out there, and I don't want to give them too much credence, but they were saying that Marvin Harrison could have an NIL deal in place uh, to stay at Ohio State for another year for twenty to twenty-five million. Pretty sure it was somebody we hadn't heard of anyway. So, you know, I, um, I don't know. It was. See, it sounds like it's been discredited. Uh, yeah, I believe so. I. I it just, also just doesn't really make sense, right? Like, it like could it? Could the money blow up that quickly? You know what I mean? Like, do I think twenty twenty five million nil deals coming? Sure. Um, I just I can't I can't see it yet. It doesn't 
we we look you know Bronny James by far is the best you know the best on aisle deal and you know out there right now at five point nine million yeah and then you got is it going to explode by you know four hundred to five hundred percent in one year yeah they got like Livy Dunn probably is two right uh, another another LSU Tiger the uh, oh uh, uh, gymnast yeah 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 yep um is she is she is she like really high on that list oh too? Yeah, yeah okay okay. She, uh, yeah, <laughs> she is. Um, it's a little weird for me though. I don't, um, I don't really understand the benefit of saying you're going to stay like, why, why fuck with the Ohio state fans? Why, why mess with Parker's heart? If you don't have any intention to stay, I think he does though. I think he actually has some intention to stay. Um, I, I call me a fool. So he, you, you like the, I, the, the beating, beating the beating Michigan thing really might mean that much to him. I think so because his dad played there. His dad did it. He, you know, he hasn't. Wait, what? No, his dad played at Syracuse. Oh, and I only know this because like I was a Syracuse fan as a kid. But yeah, okay, fair enough. Unless, unless he transferred, but like transfers weren't were barely a thing back then. Yeah, did he? Uh, did he invent the transfer portal? <laughs> <laughs> um um okay but all right so either way like okay he actually is a legit buckeye and wants to and wants to beat michigan is what you're saying um yeah i stand corrected just uh just syracuse it looks like it happens you know um again like oh he played you- with donovan McNabb. yeah that's that's what i'm saying what yeah, that, and again, that's why, like, yeah, McNabb went from my favorite college team to my favorite pro team. It was a, uh, and it it turned out to not be a match made in heaven. But fair enough. Uh, yeah. Um. But okay. So I don't know, man. I I just can't. This seems a little uh, disingenuous to me. That's all. I I just I can't imagine a guy coming back, risking injury. He got hurt a couple times this year. You're going to be a top five pick. Like, what, what are you doing? Are you doing it to come back and be a, a you know, the number one overall? Like, the, just for that status? Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, and maybe there are still guys out there who don't make pure business decisions, and I would, I would love that, and that would make me love Marvin Harrison if that's the case. I think um, he's that kind of guy. I don't know. I, I think he just holds the. I might have to I, admit I a wide be- receiver prejudice here you know like yeah, I, I just i, 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 I don't look at wide receivers program like and i just think he um like look even if he doesn't make like if he does decide to go pro i fully believe that he is considering his options i don't think he's just toying with ohio state fans hearts and 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 doing that song and dance i fully believe that and is and deep down he wants to come back he knows it's not the right decision to come back because yeah, you're right. I mean, th- nobody's thrown out twenty to twenty five million dollars for an IL deal. It's like it's fun to think about that, right? And you know, uh, in a fantasy world, I would love for that to happen right now, but it's just not realistic. You're a hundred percent right. I'm I'm trying to look up the rookie pay scale. Um, yeah, that. So I think on okay, three is saying it, it would be about nine nine years over four, like nine years per. Nine mil per year over four year. Let's say, for sake of argument, Marvin Harrison falls to five, right? I mean, I, I mean, is that fair? Yeah. No, I think uh, I think he's anywhere in that five to eight range. And I think this climbs every year, but his cap number, yeah, his cap number 
last year, Devin Witherspoon for the Seahawks got 5.79 mil for being the fifth overall pick for, for this year. So if he just kind of looks at it like, yeah, I'm taking a pay cut to stay as opposed to a year ago, I'm taking no money to say, you know what I mean? Um, so maybe, or I should say two years ago. Right. But you get what I'm saying? Like the, like I think, uh, I just read his NIL deal is 1.3 million to stay this year. Um, but and, they're, and, they're, that, and that could probably go up too. Right. Like, I don't even know, but um, something we're not taking into account is like the college life. And not, I'm not talking about him going out and partying, but just like being the man on campus. Like that's, a, oh, that's sure. a thing. Well, yeah, going from one of the top college football programs in the country, making maybe half the money, but you're, but like you said, you're the man, and and now all of a sudden you're in East Rutherford, New Jersey, you know, catching right. balls for Tommy DeVito, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and you know you're having sleepovers at his Tommy DeVito's parents' house, you know, his mom's making the bed as as you're leaving for practice in the morning, dude. Belichick likes guys with NFL pedigree too, kind of right. So like he does. Do, do, you, do you like? Do you think like there could be enough influence from the front office? Like you need to take a wide receiver. Like he'd be like, oh, I guess. Well, I, I, so guess I, I guess it's gonna be Marvin Harrison then. Huh? I just have one question to poise to uh, Patriots upper management: Who's our quarterback? <laughs> that seems like a problem too. You know, I'm on the. I'm on the. Let me officially stamp this from from this side of the table of the podcast. Jaden Daniels to New England, please. Thank you very much. Is uh, he really uh, like? Is he really that caliber of quarterback? Is he projected anywhere near that? Uh, he's. I mean, his stock. Or do you is, want the Patriots to take him in the second round? His is stock has risen. He's now the third can quarterback. I don't know. I haven't checked mocks lately. Um, trade back. Patriots love a nice trade back. Yeah, baby. Let's get it. You know, let's let's get that second or third pick and let's trade back to like the teens. And I get, mean. I mean the the, tra- the draft projections don't matter at quarterback anyway. If you fall in love with a guy that's rated thirty, you'll they'll take him at five too, right? Like the Patriots won't, at least historically, right? But like we said, maybe there needs to be that you know quiet coup within the within the Patriots organization where they say like Bill, like you know we'll we'll leave the general manager tag on your you know on your business card, but you're but you're not, <laughs> you know maybe maybe that's maybe that's what happens, and then they're like. I mean, it sort of already happened, right? Like, like, there's no way he would have taken Mac Jones, is there? I mean, there is the there is the Alabama connection, maybe. I, don't I, I know. think he, I think he would. You think that was Bill's pick, or I mean, with with some pressure from yeah. the organization. Well, can we stick on uh, college football here for what? a second while we're here? I mean, we're talking Sorry. New England and uh, <laughs> just that that Army Navy game, man. Um, I mean, both Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft were in the. <laughs> Or on college game day before, that was kind of uncomfortable. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. So Robert Kraft came up first before Bill Belichick, and uh, McAfee, Pat McAfee, goes, uh, "I apologize for what you're about to have to do here. Like, I know it's an uncomfortable situation." And then Robert Kraft just shakes his hand. I was like, "Oh no!" He's like, "You don't have to say it. We all know." But I was like, it, "Yeah, it hurt." Uh, I don't think McAfee necessarily knows of the, you know, inner workings of, uh, you know, the new the Patriots front office, but I didn't like that. Uh, and then you know, Bill obviously so happy to talk Navy. Um, I mean, it is a cool story, right? I mean, his dad just <laughs> no, just is. hanging it around is. Navy, and he just grows an affinity for the game. And uh, I mean that 
that kind of program definitely shaped how he is not just X's and O's, but, you know, personality wise as a coach, right. You know, uh, military Academy kind of nose to the, to the ground, just kind of going about work and, and things like that. Um, and hell of a game, right. Um, low scoring, not necessarily the most exciting game, but it's exactly what, uh, you would want out of a, out of a service Academy game. No, I mean, it's always fun, and at least it was close. At least Navy made it interesting. Uh, I think, you know, it looked like Army, you know, really dominated the game, and then it's just like you could tell the and teams then, that don't, like, play against the pass a lot yeah, or and something. Then, like, and then Navy of, discovered this thing called the forward pass, <laughs> and uh, Army Army wasn't suited for that. <laughs> it, yeah, it really was a little bit of a throwback. But, uh, yeah, it was fun that, that Navy at least made it interesting, and then, um, you know, a little bit of the strategy at the end you know t- you know deciding to to surrender the safety you know just because there's only three seconds left on the uh, clock, yeah that that had a big significance because and, uh and, oh and you'll get the friday night lights uh uh oh did it have gambling uh yeah. ramifications the over under was 27 and a half it was 26 and then they took that safety dude vegas wow. man Ve- vegas got to Vegas got to the service academies. Is that well, yeah? Because it's America's favorite under, right? Like everyone loves yeah, to bet the under yeah. in that game, and those are that is a serious accusation, sir. To 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 question the honor of the uh, to, of the Naval Academy and and the and West Point. Yeah, that wasn't a good look from me, wasn't and it? I, and I'm offended. Um, I actually just heard this from. Uh, I'm sure Scott Van Pelp just did that on uh, Bad Beats, so I'm sure I'm not the only one. No, I, I, th- I think you just got to stay away. Yeah. So the uh, so the, it had gambling ramifications, and it also so I can actually make this reference to you now because we saw we watched Friday Night Lights with you a few nights ago. But the um, I don't even remember the Navy quarterback's name, but he like just like trying to push the pile down to the one, yeah. just just like in Friday Night Lights. Like that's I mean that's really what it looked like, right? It did, like, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good call. So, uh, yeah, um, but yeah, fun game. And, and I mean, and it, it, it always is, but it's obviously more, it's even better when it's competitive. And, and I mean, that was a classic army Navy game, right? I mean, 17, exactly what 17 you want to 11, you yeah. know? Um, no, so I, no complaints again, it's fun to just watch different styles, different, you know what I mean? So like, do you think that's score got me? So, uh, nah, I doubt it. Seventeen to eleven, that can't be that. That can't be that crazy, right? No, because that's fourteen, and then a field goal is seventeen. So that's a, obviously a common score, and eight and a field goal. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no way we can uh, we can we can come back to this one though. But uh, three nothing in the NFL. I almost wonder if that's a score, Gami. I mean, it probably isn't. I I'm, think it's well, it's tied for the, the lowest uh, scoring game. I think I saw. I'm surprised nobody's ever won. I was say, could there nothing. could there be a two nothing? I don't believe there is, but. Um, and there could be there's a one nothing in Canadian football, but uh, anyway, we'll come back to the Vikings and the Raiders in a second. Uh, where okay, so yeah, we uh, we covered we threw we threw college football. Yeah, we're through college football, but okay, we were talking Marvin Harrison. You know, maybe you know rumors of him getting some massive money. Well, we have a confirmed report that Shohei Otani uh, is bringing in a boatload, but there's some interesting caveats to it. Um. So I think everyone by now uh, has heard of, you know, the 10, 10 years, $700 million. My initial reaction, whoa. That's like, a I'm, lot of dough. Oh, well, yeah, and whoa, I'm happy for him, but that is way too much. But, but, interesting. So this is something that we didn't know until um, 
So reports, uh, ESPN reported, and that's what I was looking up when my computer freaked out. But ESPN, somebody on ESPN reported that sources close to the deal say that it was Shohei Otani's idea to defer the money from 2034, or, or almost all of the money, from 2034 to through 2043. Yeah, he's going to be getting $2 million annually between first 10-year contracts. So he's going to equate, obviously, to $20 million. So comparatively, peanuts. And he's deferring $68 million a year. 600, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, uh, so yeah, $68 million a year of his contract to the future. Which is interesting for a couple of reasons, and I don't know. Like, I kind of feel like uh, the dumbass in Idiocracy is like, <laughs> like um, where he like explains interest to him, and and if you do, yeah, you you don't haven't seen that movie, no. then, right? and you need to. Um, but basically, what does that mean in twenty forty three dollars? What what is seven hundred million dollars in twenty forty three dollars? Because you actually you feel like that wouldn't be in Shohei's best interest, but. Shohei's kind of like he's taking, you know, just a, a rec, you know, a, a, a record contract that blows everything out of the water, and he's making it like a team first contract. But yeah, but he made it team friendly, and and like they said, they they said this was his idea because you know it's less financial burden on the Dodgers uh, in the in the immediate, right? I mean, like this could be a Bobby Bonilla situation to the you know, you know, times you know fifty, but. Um, I think his day's coming up soon. I was I just going to ask, when's Bobby Bonilla? Or, or not his day, but I think like I think that contract runs out in the next like oh it, six or seven years. That's a fair question too. Yeah, it's but it's like one point three million a year, right? Yeah. Something like that. But uh, it's July first, I think. Yeah. Which are probably yeah, yeah. You know what? It is in the middle of the season, isn't it? Um, okay, so when it comes to Otani, though. You just kind of wonder with inflation and everything. And so by comparison, we looked it up. So that's, you know, that's 20 years in the future in 2043, right? So yep. if we go 20 years back, what was the biggest contract? And it was Giancarlo at 10 years, 275. Is that, that was the biggest contract at the time? Or A-Rod at A -Rod. 10? And, yeah, A-Rod 10, what 275. Or 10 and 280. Yeah, something like that. So if you think about it, like the... 700 million at that time might actually be more in line with what a Shohei Otani, if he's, you know, if he's what he has been for another 10 years, that's the kind of money that he probably would get in 2043 if things keep up and if the world right. is still here. Right. But it's, but it's interesting. Cause it's like, I don't know, man, I'm just an idiot with a microphone and a laptop. I don't know. Half working laptop too. As a, yeah. And one that just freaks out for no reason. It happens. Right. But the Russians got us. <laughs> so, um, but I, but you know, they talk about making, you know, investments, making your money work for you, and everything like that. Now, his ind endorsement situation is probably off the charts too. Yeah, I believe um, he gets like fifty million a year, obviously mostly from Japan. So you know, uh, but I think there's a little bit of nobility to this. So, you know, like you know, he just he has seven hundred million dollars coming his way. But yeah, we're I um, mean, again, who knows if the world will even be here by then? You know what I mean? Flash like, back to early days, you know the. The inaugural days of Sellout Sports Podcast. Uh, we were talking. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think these made it on the air, but we were talking his contract and what we thought we were going to get. He was going to get. Excuse me. And we were well. We were saying hundred was six. Six maybe. I think we. I think we did five. We might have done one seller. episode before the inner uh, uh, before the injury. And I think we were talking like some people were saying. I think it was like Jeff Passan. Six. Yeah. We're saying upwards of six. And then he got hurt, though. 
And now he's getting seven. And he's getting seven. And, and don't get me wrong, he's he's a great power hitter, but he's not, you know, is he worth three times as much as Juan Soto or so, two so, and a half times as much as Juan Soto? So one thing that I haven't heard, and I'm interested that I haven't heard it, we've seen him as a elite pitcher, obviously. We've seen him as an elite DH. You know, he's getting a second Tommy John, right? There's questions about how much longer he can pitch. Let's say he pitches three more years. Why are we just automatically putting him at DH? Why aren't we seeing what he can do in the field? Like, I'm sure he's a fantastic fielder. The you know, again, we 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 you and I aren't based by baseball people. You know what I mean? But like from what I've read, like it, he is. The scout said that he was a, an excellent fielder too. So, like, if his pitching day, like, you know, his pitching career is over, right? There's no chance of that. I understand why you DH him at this stage, obviously, but if the opportunity is not there for him to be a starting pitcher or a relief pitcher, or closer, anything, because of his elbow, but he can still throw because he couldn't be a relief pitcher because you can't like. You can't be. You can't go out and warm up in the bullpen when you're like, you know, five. You know, when you're in the hole. You know. Like, yeah. Yeah. So. This isn't little league. Yeah. You can't just run over. Yeah. Stop the game. But uh, put him in right field. What's stopping us? The and and that's the thing is uh, it's it's another good point. You have to get your value out of him and defense. It seems like defense is the the value on defense is going to go back up. Yeah, with, so, the, with the rules. Yeah, uh, with the rule changes, right? So, and, and they might make more. Um, but it seems like defense has, you know, I kind of already seen like it already showed, you know what I mean? Like even in one year. And I think they'll start to figure that out more. But yeah, like shortstops are going to get smaller and more athletic again, second baseman, right? You're not going to have the power hitting second baseman that often another anymore. Pokey Reese. Like, exactly. Um, I'm amazed. We were. Talking, uh, you know, Shohei and, and the Dodgers in this edition for more than five minutes. We haven't even touched on their lineup. I mean, just talk about an embarrassment of riches here. This could be the three best players in the National League. To, yeah, I mean, right? Kuna, Kuna probably has something to say about that. But um, sure, sure, yeah, fair enough. But, but but yeah, I mean, projected top of the top of the batting order: one, Mookie Betts; two, Shohei Otani; three, Freddie Freeman. Like three MVP candidates in a row. <laughs> that's that's wild. Um, and the funny, here's the other thing, right? It was, so Kershaw seems to kind of be done there, or, you know, he, he could be, right? They, they don't know what they're going to get from him going forward. They and, know what they're going to get from him in the playoffs. Uh, it, right. <laughs> and it seems like it's really, it's been pitching for the most part that's let them down, right? It's just like, man, you, you're sinking this much money, it, like, the lineup wasn't really. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like Betts didn't play well in the playoffs. You know, Betts and Freeman had issues in the playoffs too. Um, but the pitching has been a problem for the Dodgers too. So it's like, like, dude, if you if you throw this much money at it and you don't win one, I don't know, man. Um, it, it's a lot of expectations. Let's put it that way. So yeah, it, it, it's it's actually it's kind of a tough job to walk into. It's kind of like it's kind of like being you know uh, the big three in Miami. You know. Like being the coach there, you know, like just being LeBron's coach in general, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah, the, the expectations are always off the charts. It's interesting you mentioned the big three because you know, Shohei's other team is going to be you know, the, the team he was rumored to. I don't know if you were on Twitter, uh, but uh, Blue Jays, the Blue right? Jays, like yeah. Twitter went crazy about they were tracking his flight, they were doing all of that. 
Drake posted an Instagram with uh, a Blue Jays Otani jersey. You know, everyone was was buying into the hype. And then I wonder what the interest was there for him, unless it was just financial. You know what I mean? Like, 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 is is Toronto really the market that you well, want? Well, he said he wants to play for a contender. That's that's one of the things, right? Um, they have the roster to do that. I think almost any team does with Shohei Otani, a fully healthy Shohei Otani, besides the Angels, of course. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing, man. I don't know. Like, um, I don't think I don't in baseball. I don't think one or two guys really transform things, and that's what. So, you know, good on him for picking a team with plenty of talent around, but they also seem to be snake bitten lately. So they, you know, I don't know. We talk about the bubble championship in the NBA and everything like that. Like I actually, I give less credit to the Dodgers for winning a, a 60 game world. So, you know, it's a world series. There's a weird year. It's just, I don't know if I put an asterisk on it. Asterisk sounds harsh, harsh, but, uh, I don't know, like, but like, I don't put an asterisk on the the like. If I put an asterisk on the bubble championship in the NBA, I only do so because I think it's almost more impressive because it was like it was like college basketball. Was, oh, stop that! I saw, dude. Come on, I am, I am. There's there's not a bigger LeBron hater than I mean. Okay, there's probably bigger ones, but because I hate other basketball players more, but I can't stand LeBron and. So I'm giving credit where it's due. He, he won in an, an unusual situation. You know, probably had a huge. He allowed his team to get healthy. What three or four months after? You know, they were they were trending downward. They got a restart to the season. Congratulations. All right. Well, as much as I would love to bl- blame LeBron for COVID, I I don't I don't think he has that much pull. Um, Certain well, people are he, well, he is pretty uh, friendly with China. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. I, I was letting you work your way to that one. Good one. Yeah. Well. If we ever have a TikTok, this shit's not going to air there. <laughs> you ever, do you ever see that? Uh, did I show you that? So our uh, our friend Alex, our employer at our other job together, he made a TikTok where he mentioned uh, just something about China sucks and where he didn't. Did the same exact video other than, but he cut out the China part. One was zero views. One was like 100,000 views. So there's some fucked up shit going on there. Um, whatever. I'll, I mean... All the social medias are terrible, but I'm not going to Zuckerberg just like silence somebody, a whistleblower. Like they're all, they're all awful. How'd we get there? I don't know, man. Dude, it, like I, I always want to insert my agenda. Like, let's, Fair enough. Let's, um, but yeah, I mean, I respect. Um, well, yeah, LeBron's love for China. I, I yeah. think that's, I think that's a, I think that's a valid thing, you know, and, and, and let's be honest, we're probably going to talk about it again once we get to basketball season, because uh, any chance to make fun of him for that. And, uh, you know, even if any mention of Daryl Morey, you know what I mean? Cause yeah, I and, and we're going to get you watching some some more uh, Thunders games. We're going to get you a little more informed. Thunder, Kings. Yeah. Um, yeah not, not, not the, the 20, 20, the 20 game losing streak Pistons. Beat me to it. We all have a. It's okay, buddy. We Jinx, all have bad takes. We all have bad takes. We're about to get to one of mine in a second. Um, but anyway, we, let's finish up baseball here. It's uh, it's funny. Uh, I I always felt like Juan Soto was a Yankee, and I and I, I wrote this a couple years ago. Um, like yeah, like what, like last July, right? Um, or two Julys. Ago. Two Julys. Yep. Right. Um, when he was on the block, it, it, was that was that your beginning with Sandbox, uh, Sandbox Sports, and everything like that? I, think I was might. still I was still writing columns for. I think it might have for been, Sandbox. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, at the time I said I thought I thought Soto was going to the Yankees then, so it's funny to see that now. 
And then, I mean, huge trade, seven, you know, uh, seven players uh, back to the Padres and that, you know, like, uh, I don't know, you know, where they are in the rankings, you know, on the pros- prospect rankings. Uh, I think a couple of them are, are big leaguers, too. Um, and then and then Ver- uh, trade uh, for Verdugo, too. So they get two left-handed, obviously Soto's the, you know, the crown jewel of that, but they also got Verdugo from the Red Sox, which, you know, <laughs> any any Red Sox going to the Yankees, uh, you know, it's well, evokes Johnny da- Damon vibes. Uh, wait, and it goes back further than that. I mean, it's Roger Clemens. It's uh, you know, and then you know, of course, of course, it goes all the way back to Babe Ruth, right? But it, but it always makes you, it always makes you nervous. You know what I mean? So you wonder if if Verdugo, you know, has a little bit more in the in the tank. The Red Sox Yankees rivalry isn't what it used to be, and the Orioles and the Orioles. I mean, everybody in that division is actually good. So it's you know, I think. Uh, the Juan Soto thing's interesting. He can probably bunt and hit a home run to right field. Dude, he gets on base so much. Just uh, He's walked the most uh, the last three years, it said, um, when I was looking that up. Um, he just draws free passes all the time. Um, so, it's, you know, obviously on base and everything like that is off the charts. So, uh, I don't know, man. Dude, that, that division is just, going to be tough. Um, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, because if the Blue Jays were willing to spend Shohei money, they're going to go get somebody else. You know, you would think, you would definitely think. Um, but anyway, but I mean, they they do have guys they got to lock up on their on their roster too, and that was kind of the the question around social media is like, why are they going after Shohei when they got guys coming up on uh, you know that that need contract extensions? I'm not sure if it's Vlad or or who it is, but I I, I did. Read that. Uh, uh yeah, it, it'd be uh, Vlad and uh, and Bichette. Bichette. I was gonna say Batista. Bichette. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> not Joey Bats. Not anymore. Unfortunately. Right. Right. Um. Yeah, that was a that man. Was a his fight with uh that Ranger second baseman was it Marcus Marcus Simeon? Was it? Uh, no, that was uh uh Rufnet Odor. Oh yeah, Simeon's a pitcher. Yeah, that was a uh, yeah Odor. No, no, Simeon's a um. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, that was like a a real fight. Um, like a like a real punch. Yeah, sick. Um, need more of that. It wasn't a basketball fight. Where? Uh, oh yeah. What? Okay. So <laughs> we 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 touched on this for a second, but I just I gotta pull up this game. Uh, just pull up the box score real quick on the the Raiders and the Vikings. And I think that. I think I think you know me a little bit better now, but when we first started this this little project, that. you would have thought this would be a Tory game. I would have, but I can tell you without even watching it, because I because I haven't I, I've seen bits and pieces, but a game that goes zero zero. Listen, it's the Raiders and the Vikings. We know it wasn't phenomenal defense. Like like if this had been the Ravens and the Bucks at the turn of the century. It could have been an amazing football game, or even three zero. Ravens Bucks. Now I would watch. I think. Um, I don't know about the Bucks so much, but you know what? Ravens Forty ers right now. I I think there's too much offensive talent yeah, on both no sides. There's no way that but, happens. But yeah, no, I get what you're saying. <laughs> but yeah, like again, the Ravens and the Bucks defenses at the beginning of the 21st century. Uh, both rank, you know, they're up there with Legion of Boom, yeah. 85 Bears, and of so course, on. Of course, of um, course. So those two teams could have produced an, an entertaining 3-0 football game. The Vikings, however, um, poor Josh Dobbs, man. I like him. Um, Got but, benched. 
but he's been benched. He, you know, he almost got the, you know, the franchise player murdered uh, with a hospital ball. And uh, yeah, made made good uh, good use of the that term because uh, Justin Jefferson ended up in the hospital. But they hope he's back next week. Actually, yeah, um, it might be back Saturday. They're saying chest injury. Everyone else, uh, all the insiders and everyone tend to think it's a rib injury. Some of this, some of these stats are just wild, though. There were okay. The Raiders only had eight first downs the whole game. Vikings had sixteen. Vikings were eight of twenty on third down. Raiders were three of fourteen. It's just like the ineptitude on both sides is. You don't usually see this sort on from both teams. Um, and it was a, it was an ugly game too because uh, you know we just mentioned Justin Jefferson went down, Alexander Madison, their uh, Vikings you know starting running back went down too. So injuries played a small part, but uh, the offenses were weren't really getting anything going to begin with. And the Vikings didn't turn the ball over. The, the Raiders turned it over three times, and the Vikings couldn't take advantage of it until the very end. The 231 total yards to 202. Okay, like, what was it? It was two years ago we watched the the wind game, Patriots and Bills, right? Where it was like 50 miles an hour the whole night. Yeah. I think it was 14 to 10. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And there was like three passes the entire game. And, uh, yeah, including. Or, or was that just the Patriots? Or was that both? I think um, it was just the Patriots. I think Allen threw it a little bit more. Um, the Patriots didn't throw it until like the third quarter or something ridiculous like that. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think that they threw they threw the ball at all um, in the first half. If it, they I think that's right. Thrown it once or twice. I don't know, but crazy. Game, Again, whatever. we can no, we can look this up. Hang on, um, because there's a point to this. Las Vegas is a controlled setting. There's <laughs> there's no weather. It's it's mind blowing to have that in this day and age. To have that level of offensive ineptitude. And, uh, you know, not for nothing, P.J. Walker's out there. I mean, I, the Vikings have their rookie guy that they probably want to go back to, but uh, actually they're both rookies, right? So I guess you can see these guys uh, develop. I don't know. where P.J. Walker just got waved. Where do you think he's headed? Canada. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so Mac Jones went two or three for 19 yards in that uh, in the win game. Uh, oh, you already got it up? Yeah, yeah. Well, was, uh, I, Alan threw it a little bit more, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, 15 to 30. He threw it a lot. Oh, wow. I mean, I think I remember that now Now that I'm saying that out loud because I remember Monday night game, I believe. I think so, yeah. I remember the uh, the broadcasters being like, he has a strong arm so we can just throw it through the wind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's like science. And then he was throwing – was he throwing with the wind when uh, when the because the Patriots broke it up on fourth down to win the game? I think I think so. I think you're right. Um, but yeah, Miles Bryant. Miles Bryant broke up the like he like he actually came off his man assignment and he saw the throw. It was just such an unusual, crazy game. Like, it, it, like again, it was one of those ones. That one was actually entertaining. I can't imagine this Vikings Raiders three zero game being entertaining. This is it's not because it's low scoring. It just it looks like offensive ineptitude at every level. I hear you. Yard, hang on. Yards per yards per pass, two point four for the Vikings, four point one for the for the Raiders. Ugh, um, so uh, I was watching Red Zone on Sunday, and obviously this game did not come up much, so I didn't see much of it either. I mean, there's just like there's just no highlights. <laughs> A lot crazy. of lowlights. Um, okay, so. We we just watched this tonight. Uh, we decided to you know stick it out, watch the whole game, and work a little late tonight. But Dolphins Titans, this one turned out to be an exciting one. 
and you know lots of ramifications uh, for the AFC. Uh, Titans pull out a 28-27 victory. First team to come back from a 14-point deficit uh, since uh, with under three minutes to go since 2016. Yeah, that stat blew my mind. I, I did not expect that. It's like it's like 763 games or something like that 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 a team's been down 14 points and uh, in the final three minutes and and they all lost since 2016. And then the, this Tennessee Titans team is the is the team that rewrites that against this Miami Dolphins team? I got to tell you, man, I, uh, my perception of a couple of players is, is slowly changing and it's very, it's, it's tough for me. Uh, you know, I don't know what to, what to make of it. Uh, Tyree kill got injured, uh, I think second quarter or late first. And, uh, you know, one of those, like, you know, looks like a hip drop tackle or something probably going to be banned next year. Um, I don't know how I feel about it yet. Like I, I sort of get it. But at the same time, like sometimes you just have to get a guy down. And so, and I know it's going to piss me off to watch it get called. You know what I mean? I already know. Yeah. Um, Cause there's going to be bad ones too. There's going to be ones that like where they didn't really do it. You know what I mean? You know what I um, know? I know that uh, Mac Jones's first pass attempt came with six minutes and 51 seconds left in that, in that Bills Patriots <laughs> game. I've been, we're still on that. <laughs> yeah. I've been stiff, uh, stiffling through the, uh, each play so it took me a little while so thanks for sticking with me there um i think i remember writing that honestly i think i wrote about that game but um so you know i i guess it's a case for mvp for tyreek to a certain extent but also tori let's spell out mvp let's let's go through the words most valuable player did tyreek hill look like the most valuable player in that game when he wasn't on the on the field the Dolphins sure it it sure looked like he was the most valuable player on the Dolphins. Um, look, man, he's again he's in the conversation. But what I'm saying, so I think there's a couple of mitigating factors here. I think Vrabel is from the Belichick tree, and Belichick likes to take away your top option. So I could see the Titans being one of those teams that elects to take him away. And here's the thing, man, they were they were kind of talking about it on the broadcast. But like, if you take away, if you find a way to take away those two, then the Dolphins in the passing game don't really have a ton of options. So that's a big if, of course. But And, of course, you can still get the ball to A-champ and everything like that. But the point being is that might be a strategy. The other thing is, is I'm more – like this is why it's tough to make a wide receiver MVP because if you can get to their quarterback, which teams are – the Titans got to Tua tonight, then it – it's tough for Tyreek to have his full value. Yes. He's still good after the catch and everything like that. You know, you go to, you look at that Eagles game when the Eagles were still playing well and were aided by the officials a little bit that night. Um, but yeah, Tyreek 11 for 88, obviously a good game, 11 to 88 touchdown. Right. Um, but not a quintessential Tyreek game. Sure. And teams that can get, can get to you, uh, they can get to Tua which I think you're going to run into in the playoffs. You know what I mean? I mean, again, this is why the Bills, you know, that's why the Bills pounded them. It's why, um, I don't mean, I, I think I think the Bills, I think the Chiefs have a good pass rush. Uh, I, I'm certainly not counting the Chiefs out in this in this playoff talk. No, Dude, the either. Bengals have a good defense. The Bengals could slow down the Dolphins. Um, now, in Miami, like, do I, you know, I'd be a little disingenuous to say I think the Dolphins are going to lose that game, but... 
You know, the Bengals are the kind of team that could get could get to him too. Um, there, there's just a, there's a lot of good defensive teams, uh, and obviously, you know, not not going to count out the Ravens on that either. Um, Ravens have a good pass rush as well. So, like, if they can't protect him, and if they can't, and, and then part of that is blocking for the run and committing to the run, which they they were very physical in the beginning of the year, and I. You know, you know, it was kind of a signature. I said it to you while we were watching the game, and we flipped back from the the Giants and the Packers game, and the Titans are down twenty seven twenty one. They elected to go for two after they scored their first touchdown on the comeback, which ended up winning the game. Yep. And so it's Take so that, it's like analytic two words. yeah, it's like two forty five left in the game. Dolphins, you know, they got to go four minute drill and 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 finish it out, and they took. 20 seconds off the clock with the tight, you know, the Titans using their timeouts, but Dolphins just didn't execute. And this yeah. is a team that I gave a lot of credit for being physical early in the year. And, you know, but they have offensive line issues and like, don't, don't discount. Uh, is it Eichenberg is the center. They lost him. Right. And they moved the guard to center. Like again, the Armstead was out again. I mean, I, keeping, keeping the same five together is people don't understand the value of that. And, you know, you could be seeing that with the Eagles too, honestly. I mean, they lost their right guard. You know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know. Just being banged up on the offensive line, it, it changes things. Being healthy changes things. So, um, but anyway, Dolphins win. Uh, just like a kind of a sidebar. I don't know how I feel about this man because we've talked about Tyreek Hill and who he, who he is, maybe who he was. This is getting a little deep, but go with me for a second. When I look at like somebody with domestic abuse, right, and there's like different, there's different grades of it, and like I don't know, I'm probably gonna offend somebody no matter what with I when I say this, but you know what, fuck it. And I always looked at like when it comes to domestic abuse, it's the same thing as like, you know, it's basically just being a bully, right? But on a you know on a shittier level. But I also like, I guess I kind of thought of them as like like child molesters too, in the sense that like I just don't know. Or, I, or like they don't change like it's like that's the way their brain is wired right and it's not like anything on the football field that Tyree Hill does changes that but it like but I just want I mean he must he, he must be listening to his agent who's trying to do whatever he can to improve his public image because like right now Tyreek Hill is very likable he showed toughness getting through the game uh, after that injury, he was obviously in a lot of pain. It was like, fuck that. I'm going to jog all the way across it because he got hurt on the tit- Titan sideline. Yeah, he sprinted across the and field. He was like, he, I think we're about to see yeah, it. We're, yeah, we're watching it right now. Yeah. And, there he is. And, and, and he was like, nope, fuck it. I'm, I'm going to gut it out. You know, later on, he, he comes back. He makes a couple of big catches for the Dolphins on, on, a, on a drive that uh, I think resulted in a field goal, right? But he made a couple of big catches. He watches. Uh, Sean Murphy bunting for the Titans, like he obviously just heard him behind him, like and bunting obviously screamed out in pain or something. Oh, dude, you good? He calls over the trainers, like just little things like that. I don't know. It seems like, like he seems like a good teammate. He seems like he gives a shit about his teammates. Um, it's just a really weird spot for me to be in, where I'm like, is he actually not a piece of shit? Because I really, I've been on record all year as thinking he's a piece of shit. I even went as far. I shouldn't have said this. I even as went went as far as to say, I hope he gets hurt. Which is like why? Because like really, wouldn't I rather? Because what I'd rather see is somebody like the Ravens just beat them. Because I believe in 
like you know what it is you know what it, you I, know, I get that well you know what it is about like like be a team that beats you with the deep ball is it speaks to it, like I, I this is like way overblown right but like th- it speaks to our uh our instant gratification like I like a 15 play drive where they smack the shit out of you as opposed to the big like you need the big play I don't hate big plays it's not it it's just if that's I I like taking away the big play and making the Dolphins beat you and and then you know if the Dolphins beat them with a bunch of you know with a bunch of 15 to 20 intermediate routes and all that stuff that's why you appreciate the Niners so much because they can do both absolutely and, and and that's the thing is like I've, and the I I like the Dolphins because the Dolphins the Dolphins have shown they can do both. They're, the injury bug is is killing them right now. Yeah. Um. To back to your point about Tyreek MVP. Look, he's still in the conversation. Absolutely. Um. I think Dak Prescott's stock went up. I still think it's going to be a quarterback at the end of the day. If for some reason it ends up being a Dolphins player, sure, it's Tyreek. Um. I think. I don't think two is bad, but I. I don't think two is MVP caliber. No, and I think uh, two had a good chance to kind of show you his MVP caliber caliber tonight. And uh, to do that, you're going to have to beat the Titans without Tyreek Hill for most of the game. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I agree. Two is still very good, I think, but not an MVP. So uh, speaking of uh, players that seem to be like, you know, turning around my perception of them. Will Levis, man, I uh, I was I was way down on him, but uh, you know I will say you don't like I've said this before. I'll keep saying it. You don't judge a person by their best moment or their worst moment, right? Like it's where where's the majority of the body of work? Where's the majority of where they live, right? And uh, I mean, I it caught my attention when Will Levis was yelling at all-world receiver, you know, at least previous all-world receiver DeAndre Hopkins on the sideline as a rookie, and it didn't really go over poorly. It was just like, like, it seems like he's earned respect already, and I don't know. And Could you imagine Ryan Tannehill yelling at DeAndre Hopkins? I can't even picture it. It, would not, that, it wouldn't have gone over that well, right? No. You know, so, like, it makes me wonder, okay, like, has he already earned respect in the locker room? Um. Here's another guy that, like, you know, you never know, but it seems like he's saying the right things. It seems like he cares about the team. So I'm still not okay with what he did at the draft. I think it was I think it was disrespectful to football to a certain degree. Um, but you know what? Let's get over it. Let's push past it because, you know, what has he done? What has he done lately? And um, I mean, he he tried to make a tackle on a, on a bat, you know, an interception on a screen pass that he made. He was le- legitimately going after Zach Sealer on that pick six. Um, yeah, which is he a maniac ran, move. He ran like hard a-, a couple of times tonight. He he made an awesome play uh, spinning out of a sack that Bradley Chubb looked like he had him dead to rights. It looked like, I mean, it looked like Bradley Chubb was going to murder him. Yeah. And he spun out of it and ran for another five yards and lowered his shoulder on that, too. It was like, it was like, like the adrenaline of getting out of the sack. And then he, like, folded Jalen Ramsey, too. It yeah. was like, I mean... I got, have you seen that photo? He might be a football player. Have you seen the photo of Jalen Ramsey trying to make That's, the tackle? Yeah, yeah. He folded yeah, him like a yeah. jackknife. Yeah. yeah. It, it like So Will Levis might be a football player. And uh, I like football players that play quarterback because there's not many of them. Yeah, so. the Titans look like they have two Derrick Henrys right now. 
<laughs> so yeah, I I don't know what the what the shelf life is on that. I've you know like I've said the same thing about Jalen Hurts, but uh, It'll but be I fun I, while it lasts. Exactly, I like I like it when football players uh, play quarterback. So you know sometimes Josh Allen fits in that category until he does that flopping shit. All right, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, okay, so also um, going to the Eagles, they've looked terrible for two weeks, and. Uh, the, there's a there's a whole narrative out there that you know you know they suck Jalen Hurts sucks there's these memes that Jalen Hurts without you know without the tush pushes Tyrod Taylor Jamarcus Russell oh I haven't seen those you must be deep in Philly Twitter uh, I don't know man um, I don't know if it's Philly Twitter or if it's just if it's Philly hate Twitter either one um, it's it's uh, they're two of the same right now. It's, Philly hates itself, right? Yeah, now. yeah. I, I mean, I guess that's true too. There is a lot of uh, Philly self hate. That's true, but that's just insane, man. Like, look, the coaching staff is completely changed. The coaching, the coaching on this team is is the Achilles heel of this team. Um, look, Hertz hasn't played well for a couple of weeks. I've said for weeks before that, like this team needed a wake up call. Right now, I'm going the opposite way because everyone's gone way too fucking far. Calm down. Like the Eagles are still a good football team. They haven't looked like it the last couple of weeks against two very good football teams that we both agree are top five in the power rankings in the NFL, right? Oh yeah, definitely. And you know what? Do I think the Eagles beat the 49ers home or away in the playoffs? No. Do I think they beat them if they have to go to Dallas? No. Other than that, I like the Eagles in the NFC. I think, I think the Eagles can still beat the Cowboys at home. Well, well, I mean, after that game last in night Dallas, the, yeah. uh, in Dallas, uh, and, you know, and Philly beat themselves all night. I mean, there's drops. Um, I, really, they weren't good in any phase of the game. Um, and like I said, they make they made Dak uh, an MVP case, you know, so, um, it, you know, he's getting there. So um, it really might be the Cowboys year, but I still don't think I don't think they're I don't think anybody's getting past a healthy 49ers team. So whatever. Uh, but that being said, I'm just saying, calm down. The Eagles, I think the Eagles will regroup, and they do control their own destiny for the one seed. And an Eagles team with the one seed, they got a puncher's chance against the 49ers. I think they win against Dallas in, in Philly. Um, and I, I don't know, man, just calm down. Like, it, it's not a foregone conclusion that they're going to win these next four games, but what they've got, uh, they got Seattle, Giants, Arizona Giants again. Um, that's two division games. I don't think that, like, you know, the announcers last night are talking about, like, well, the Eagles have a much more favorable schedule. That's true, but it's two division games. So I don't, you know, I'm not saying the Eagles are going to go 4 and 0 in this stretch by any, you know, um, that's not what I'm saying. They got the Giants twice, you said? Yeah. And uh, so you should Tom, probably pick up Boston Scott on your waiver wire. Tommy but, DeVito's Giants? But, <laughs> well, yeah, but. Again, if the Eagles keep because the Eagles have not played well, and they and the play calling is terrible. The I don't know, like even down to like the defensive line rotation, I like things like that, like the pass rush. The Cowboys get the ball out quickly. I get, but respecting division opponents. But if you're actually considering that the the Eagles lose to this Giants team, that does not bode well for. Oh no, for absolutely not. But they almost again, but it, it is division. They almost lost. I mean, they barely squeaked by the Commanders. That's it's true. not like it's not like you'd put them too too far far above the Giants, would you? No, so, especially true. the way the Giants are playing now. 
Giants just beat the Packers tonight. Oh, we can't do that, though. No, we can't do that. We can't. No, no, we can't I, go here to there. To no, the, no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not doing NFL algebra. I'm just saying the Giants are playing better. I don't think yeah. there's any debate there. No, they are. The Giants might be finding something at the right time. So, like, I mean, they're not gonna. They're not gonna go to. Well, actually, I mean, shit. If the Giants <laughs> won out, they might go to the playoffs. I don't know. Um, yeah, nine and eight is it might be good enough for a wild card in the NFC. Uh, anyway, point is, you know, I. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna pat myself on the back for staying on an even keel and saying the Eagles weren't that good of a team. And I'm gonna pat myself on the back right now and say, um, you know, they're not that bad. Um, because Mike, what do we always say? It's, it's never, never as good as it seems. seems. It's, it's never, never as bad as, as it seems. seems. One thing we were talking about, or you mentioned a lot, there was uh, 49ers, and I just want to uh, revisit. I want to take us back to the early part of the season, and I think we. Uh, we said, you know, let's not believe in Kyle Shanahan in big games. So I know we're kind of uh, 49ers are the darling right now, right? And they deserve to be with their talent and stuff. But uh, Kyle Shanahan's still making those play calls. You know, he has a <laughs> has a tendency to choke, and I haven't heard a lot of that narrative lately. And uh, that that's one that tends to kind of sneak up on you, right? So, yeah, I mean, you know, is it... I don't know. It's a. It could be. Is it the year that Shanahan gets over the hump, or is it like, or do the 49ers just blow doors and they don't have to worry about it? Or I don't know. I don't know. But that's true. Uh, and I. I mean, that narrative still has to be there until he does something about. It. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, even this year, close games, right? I mean, they like bad execution again. Bad, uh, bad decisions against the Browns. Mm-hmm. Like you had. Again, what was it like? Forty seconds, and they had timeouts, and they elected to kick a forty-yard field goal with a forty-one-yard field goal with a rookie kicker, and he pushes it wide right. It's like you didn't have to do that. You could have run a couple more plays. Trust your players. You pay them. You pay them to gain yards. So, I mean, yeah, against that Browns defense, I understand, but I don't know. Per, you know, I mean, that's just one of those examples. Like, how many other games have actually been that close to the Forty ers this year? So, you bring up a good point. You know. Um, I don't know. So, like, can the Eagles actually keep a game close? Because they got, they yeah. got because we know. Yeah, I mean, they've shown what they're capable of doing in close games, right? I mean, they you were you were begging for them to lose a game because they were winning in such you know wacky fashion. I guess not necessarily wacky, but weren't playing their best, but were still winning close games, right? Like yeah. they're battle tested. I guess is is the way to put it. Um. And they still came out of that, like, you know, like there was like that quote unquote gauntlet that everyone was talking about for that six week stretch. And they came out of it four and two. Yeah. And I think everybody would have been satisfied with that. It's just you don't like losing the last two of it, you know. Right. The world's on fire right now. Yeah, exactly. So everybody calm down. And that, you know, and that being said, maybe calm down about the Cowboys because I still don't, you know, I still don't think they can stop the run against the 49ers. So, yeah. That's why it's like it's the 49ers conference to lose right now. Um, all right. Um, so out of those teams, just real quickly, let's go through it real quick. Like who are you most worried about? Like a lot of teams, good teams lost this week um, and have kind of been trending downwards, you know, recently anyway. So Eagles, Dolphins, Lions, Chiefs, Texans, Jaguars all lost this week and all um you know, kind of have high expectations at this moment. So Lions, like- Lions, 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 Lions. Mm. Uh, defense just uh, forgot how to play football 
Um, I mean, let me just take you through this la- their last four weeks. Flirted with a loss to the Bears. Then they lose to the Packers. Flirt with a loss to the Saints. And then they lose to the Bears. So three division games. Flirted with losses. Th- flirted with three losses in all three. They come away one and two in those. You know, they had a stranglehold on the division. Now they do not. Um, you want to talk about trending downward. It's it's the Lions right now. Yeah, I mean, I guess, well, I guess I guess they don't have a stranglehold over the, the Vikings. Um, if the Vikings actually find something at quarterback and Jefferson's okay. I mean, I mean, the I think the Lions are in. I think the Lions have the division. But, no, uh, I, they're going to make the playoffs 100%. They're probably still going to win the division, but uh, they are not looking good, and they're looking primed for you know, a, a first round upset loss. Um, my answer is the Dolphins based on what I saw the night. And that's because of, because I'm not going to pick the Jaguars because, again, we haven't really believed in them all year, yeah. right? And the Texans, um, I, you know, I hope Stroud's okay. But again, expectations weren't that high. They're playing, exactly. they're kind of playing with house money this year. The Dolphins, it's because of what I thought they were. And I still think they are if they're healthy, but, you know, but they got to get those bodies back and Tyree kill has to be okay. And, you know, he was, you know, he was on a snap count the second half that you could tell. So, yeah, I mean, he wasn't even out there to begin the final series, the final series when they, when they, when they needed to score. Right. So, um, so Tyree kill needs to be okay. They need to find a way to protect to a, I think they got to get that running game going a little bit more again. Uh, all of those things. So, uh, and the dolphins, I mean, the defense just giving away that, giving away that lead. To Will Levis, right? Yeah, it's, it's not good. It's not good. Um, so anyway, um, but really, I mean, we kind of buried the lead because the Lakers won the in-season tournament. Pop that champagne, Bron Bron. Congratulations. I'm uh, I'm I'm really I'm really happy for him. I wish the Pacers won. I really do. <laughs> they could have used the money a lot more. Did you see Anthony Davis said that he's gonna? I believe it was Anthony Davis said that he's gonna use it to buy Christmas presents for. I believe his daughter and his, and his uh, significant other. The $500,000. That's going to be a good Christmas for them. That's nice. Um, you know, like, would he have not done that otherwise? <laughs> like, is he going to really spend more? Because he could, I don't know. It's just it's just not like a, an amount of money that I can fathom. So I just. So don't. we can end the GOAT debate, right? Because, uh, you know. Yeah. How MJ, many how many in-season championships does MJ have? How many then, does Kobe have? But let's take it a little further with this MJ thing, okay? We gotta we gotta dissect where the game was played. It's played in Las Vegas. You think Michael Jordan <laughs> left Las Vegas? I much see. Money? I I think that's actually a bunk argument because because uh, the flu game or uh, I, I I I think Jordan would be fine in Vegas actually. No, nah, he's a bad. He's a he's a gambler. I know, but I'm I'm saying I think he'd be fine because I think he can he can go out and party all night and and still come out and kick your ass. Like, like LeBron, like, you know, for all the faults, all the, all the shit we'll talk about LeBron, like, but he's very regimented and disciplined, right? Like Jordan was just a killer. And so was, and so was Kobe. And I think, I think that again, that's why Kobe, or that's, that's why LeBron goes down to three for me because it's just personality. Now, don't get me wrong. LeBron is a fucking test tube baby. And if you were to make a basketball player in a lab, you would make LeBron, but yeah, LeBron. But, but LeBron's you know zero dark thirty twenty three. And that's what everyone thinks of when they think LeBron. Please tell me you know what I'm ta- you know what I'm talking about. 
Sorry. Zero Dark Thirty. Zero Dark Thirty is a movie for me. So yeah, yeah. So like he he uh, goes off social media come playoff time, but then he added his own number because he wanted to be involved with it. So he he says LeBron going zero Dark Thirty twenty three, and then he proceeds to like like tweets throughout the postseason and occasionally tweet regardless. LeBron doesn't get to take that. That's the mo- That's the movie about killing Osama bin Laden. You don't get to take that. Well, no, no. It's it's the, I think it's the same, I think it's the same woman that made uh, well, he the re- Hurt Locker, but that movie sucks. Well, he retired it before he won his bubble championship, so I guess. Uh, I yeah, guess- how many? Yeah, how many bubble championships has Michael Jordan won? So I think we know that LeBron's the goat now. And if you're not picking up on our sarcasm, then I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> It's going to be, you know, it's going to be part of like real memes out there, though. Like, that yeah. these are. Shannon Sharp will be yelling about it, I'm sure, on Fair Stake pretty soon. Is, is Shannon Sharp a. He's, he's a long guy. LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, man. He's, he's, he's number three, and he's going to stay number three, unless, like, he would have to win. He would have to win this year for me to bump him over Kobe. And. He's better than Kobe. I'm sorry. Rest in peace, Kobe. No. Disagree. But. I get why you say that because I don't know, man. Like, did 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 Kobe get a bump because he died? You know, like Kurt Cobain, Nirvana, like because I've always thought Nirvana was overrated. So, and then as soon as you say overrated, people think you think you you're saying they suck, right? Right, right. And I'm not saying that. Like Nirvana was important, but to me, they were like the third best band from that area. I like Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, fourth actually, Alice in Chains. You know Alice I mean? in Chains. There you go. I mean, I mean, you know what I'm talking yeah, about, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. All right. So, yeah. I mean, I, honestly, Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam all day over and over. I'm trying to think me. my best Alice, my favorite Alice in Chains. Oh, man, there's no excuses. You got uh, obviously. I mean, you know, Man in the Box. Oh, Man and, in the Box. Of yeah. Course. Well, I mean, that's you know, that's the one that I think everybody knows. But uh, Down in a Hole. Yep, that's a good one. Um, I stay away. There's so many. All right. Um, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I think that's a good place to end the show. Congratulations, LeBron, um, with some with some genuineness, I guess. You know, good job. You won the in season tournament that they basically created for you, right? That's like part of the narrative, right? Um, what for LeBron to win one one more championship? Because they knew they knew he wasn't going to be able to do it. You know, you know, after eighty regular season games. Okay. Um, so let's it's time uh, to get positive. It's time to get positive um, with, you know, there's going to be some negative in here. You know, there always is, but uh, holidays and history. And uh, how long do we have, Mike? Cause we got to get this under two hours. We've got uh, about 11 minutes. Okay. All right. Um, so uh, December 12th, which is now today, man, this might be a record for how late we've gone. Uh, it's two twenty three AM. So it is December 12th now. Um, 1965, Gail Sayers, uh, as a rookie, he tied the, tied the record for touchdowns in a game, six touchdowns. I can only imagine I, I, Gail Sayers has got to be, um, a hero for, uh, my stepdad who I hope is listening. Um, because, uh, I know my, my stepdad was a running back yet. I don't think I even told you this, that he played running back at UNH. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, he, oh, wait, no, I think he played, a, have, he played a Concord high. Yeah. Um, and he was a stud and, uh, and I think he graduated early seventies. Um, so like, I'm just bad with math. I'm trying to do it real quick, but yeah. So, I mean, like Gail Sayers had to be one of the guys that my stepdad grew up watching and just like, yeah, yeah, that's it right there. That's who I want to be. So, 
Um, Every day is a great day to be a wildcat, Tori's stepdad. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, uh, moving on to December 13th. For like the seventh time this year, it's National Ice Cream Day. I feel like we've done this multiple times. Yeah, um, yeah. So, um, and I think, you know, we already went over favorite ice cream. Fish mm-hmm. food for me, would Ben and Jerry's fish food, um, moose tracks, you know. Yeah. Yeah, like Fenway Fudge. I'm just going to yeah, say that Fenway, one yeah, right there now. Yeah, you go, Fenway Fudge. It, basically something with a lot of stuff in it. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, different textures and such. Uh, December 13th, 2000, Al Gore, uh, the most boring human being alive, conceded the election uh, five weeks after voting day. Uh, it was Yeah, December 13th. This wasn't the Florida fiasco, oh, was it? Oh, yes, it was. Yes, sir. Um, hanging chads and such. Um, are you familiar? Like they, like they had to like punch it out, but some of them were hanging. Yeah. And uh, it was a court battle, and you know nobody knew who the president was going to be, and it was terrifying. Not really, though. Um, I guess I was three. Is it, yeah, <laughs> nobody was. I don't think anybody was stoked about the options then, but like, you know, in retrospect, like a lot better than what we got now. So, uh, amen. Yeah. Uh, and also in 2000, the Texas Seven prison break. This is something that I really didn't remember. Like they, they overpowered and uh you know made their way out of a maintenance shop in a texas prison and i think they were on the run for like six weeks and then like eventually they tracked down and killed they they killed the police officer at some point like a horrible situation as Um, you're as you're talking through this this is starting to sound more and more like the plot of prison break i don't know if you've ever seen it great show um, were they pieces of shit in prison break and murdered cops too or well i mean i think they i mean like correctional officers and yeah. But they probably made the correctional officer like a bad guy in the show, right? No, not necessarily. <laughs> I mean, like there were definitely some criminals in that show that were, were bad people. And uh, then, like he, know, he broke out with Michael Schofield. A, a mixed... Uh, yeah. 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 You know, people learned of the plan along the along the way. I'm not going to give too much away. You should watch. Wow, really thanks. Show. You know, not spoiling the 20-year-old show for me. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of uh, prison breaks and people of ill repute... Uh, this is also the day that Saddam was captured. Uh, pretty big day for people. I mean, it, like, I mean, okay. So you, Jesus Christ, you were so you were six. Um, <laughs> I was this six. Is, this is three. It's a big day for me in first grade. Uh, this is three years before I joined the Marine Corps. So yeah, I'm old. Um, but yeah, I remember this day very well. I remember his crazy hair. Just like you know, he was always like so put together and you know looking like royalty or whatever the fuck and. It was just so funny to watch this shithead come out with this fucking Albert Einstein hair, and he, you know he's been hiding in a hole for months. And yeah, he was in a he was uh, hiding in a cave, right? For um, it was like a hole, in the, it was like oh, a tunnel wow. tunnel situation. It looked like. Um, oh yeah, they had the playing card. Do you remember the deck of cards? And he was one of the aces. Do you remember that that whole thing? Um, where there was like the targets, and so like some of the lower targets were like jacks and queen king but like but saddam was one of the aces his his sons were the aces oh no it was like I, a whole deck of cards thing okay um yeah i think they actually have like those legit playing cards oh yeah um, i've seen i've seen that now yeah that photo <laughs> jesus uh the way he was portrayed in south park kind of crazy too <laughs> <laughs> i love you um all right december 14th is free shipping day um, I don't really know what to say about that. Um, actually, let's do the history first so we can end on a happy note because neither of these are overly friendly. Uh, well, okay, 1911, uh, Roald Amundsen was the uh, first to reach the South Pole 
And uh, I tried to do some research in this, and I'm just too dumb to understand. I don't know how you actually know you're at the South Pole because magnetic south and true south are not the same thing because the Earth's on an axis. And, um, you know, I people were asking the same thing on Reddit. It's like, hey, is it just when the compass starts freaking out? But apparently no, because that's magnetic south. Um, so I don't know how they, basically they, they had to do a bunch of calculations and like basically when they thought they were at the South pole, they sent all, they sent people out in like 20 kilometers every direction. And I can't um, imagine discovering land. I, <laughs> and that was a hundred years ago, 112. And being the first person to step there. Yeah. Like it's pretty wild. Yeah. It's like there could be lava under there. You don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Krampus could live there, right? I mean, like, yeah. like he doesn't live at the North Pole, right? Could be a shark with a semi-automatic gun, you know? Anything's <laughs> possible. <laughs> Fucking aliens could be down yeah, there. Yeah, like, seriously. So, like, there could be all kinds of things going on. So, um, I don't know. Just giant brass balls on those guys. I mean, like, I mean, it's just so fucking cold, too. I yeah. Mean, and they, they were there in December, which I... And, unless, unless it's warmer, in December, but it's yeah, not. Yeah, well, but no, it's it not. is in the southern hemisphere. Yeah, but that part, because like that part of the southern hemisphere is like always tilted away from the sun, right? So like, oh yeah, I think you're right. I I don't think we would be good. Uh, uh, yeah, this. we're dumb. Um, okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> more research needed. We're gonna stick to sports. Politicians should stick to politics, and people uh, that yeah. discover things should do that. However, I'm a, I'm a, I'm okay at history, and this was actually interesting to me. 1863, uh, December 14th, 1863, uh, Abraham Lincoln pardoned his wife's half-sister who was married to a Confederate general who was killed in 1863. She lived with them for five months while the Civil War was still going on. Hmm. Interesting. So I, I don't think Wait a lot up. of people knew this about Honest Abe. So uh, Way to keep it in the family, Abe. Uh, I mean, whatever. He, he, I think a lot of people already knew his feelings on the Civil War, and he said the thing about, like, if I could preserve the union you know and make keep slavery so it's like it's not like he was um you know perfect right but uh you know but he saw us through the civil war so i guess you know points for him and and, and i guess like she was just married to a confederate general but like it was it was weird so like a union general came in and was like you shouldn't be harboring rebels and then abe lincoln was basically like fuck you like if i wanted your advice you know i'll give it to you That's, <laughs> i don't know um, that's what, that was more or less what the what the quote said on history.com. So just an interesting you know tidbit of history there. And uh, last but not least, December 14th is Monkey Day. And uh, I don't know, it just makes me think like you know like I would just love a an unusual pet. I love my dog, you know, the cats are cool. Um, but it'd be fun to have a monkey, a raccoon, a flying squirrel. Oh God, you just brought up a memory. my when I lived in North Adams, my uh, roommate asked if we could get a monkey. And I was like, she she had a toddler and I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> you had to be the adult for your roommate. <laughs> during COVID, she wanted to get a monkey. And I was like, no. Okay, she's excused because it's during COVID and everybody was losing their fucking minds. It's like you have a so. two year old. <laughs> hmm. I don't know, man. I I, I might have been like, you know what? Let's see what happens. <laughs> she's like, like, I'll take care of it. I was like, Well, I absolutely wouldn't. <laughs> Yeah, during COVID, I think I would have been open to it. I'd be like, "Hey, man, if you're gonna pay for it, like, I'll just, let's, I let's it was do this." Like, claw me in the eyes in my sleep while I was sleeping. You know? I mean, it might, but I, I, I just the curiosity would be too much for me to give it up. You know, monkeys what I mean? are so, cute though. Let me, let me not um, talk down on their name. 
No, totally. And I mean, I mean, like, I'm thinking like Ace Ventura and Friends, but like, you know, like, like, because they uh, have you seen Friends? No, it's all right. I mean, honestly, it was like it was how I met your mother before how I met your mother. Like, 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 honestly, how I met your mother kind of ripped off a lot of friends. So, like, as much as people call that a chick show, friends, you know what I mean? It was like, honestly, like, it was kind of, I don't know if it was the original. I guess there was probably Cheers or something before that. I don't know. Everybody's ripping off somebody, right? Yes, sir. We're we're ripping off Barstool and and uh, <laughs> no, we're not. Don't sue us. <laughs> please, please don't sue us. Uh, <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, I think it's time for us to talk because I'm going into a coughing fit, and uh, yep, and the heartburn's starting up again. So there we go. Uh, so uh, yep, go ahead and hit that music, Mike. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Um, I just want to say again, I'm grateful to everybody. Please give us your feedback. Send your questions to our social media accounts. Um, Give your criticism, uh, preferably constructive and useful, not just you suck. Uh, Thank you, Cat TV, for giving us this equipment. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And it's only going to get better. Thank you, Austin.